0: Hey guys, Dude2Joe here. Just want to say, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. However, just to warn you, there are instances of echo, and we've done our best to reduce this or eliminate it as much as we could. But keep in mind, it is there. Anyhow, now onto the disclaimer uh, The following is not intended for younger listeners. We don't need child recruits at the League of Shadows. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Believe me, once you are employed by the League of Shadows, you will never need another employer again. Anywho, here's this week's episode of Two Dudes,
1: One Double Feature. I am the Two Dudes Reckoning!
2: Welcome uh, Welcome everyone to Two Dudes One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One Richard.
0: And I'm Alfred's uh, number one fan.
2: Uh Duncan, Idaho.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Welcome back. That's my name. <laughs> Woo! A- welcome back, Jason Momoa, everybody. I'm so excited.
0: I, I I gotta I gotta stop that right there. I can claim that I'm a fictional character, but I can't claim that I'm Jason Momoa. That's just wrong.
2: No, uh, You just no.
0: Identity <laughs> theft is is serious and
1: real. <laughs>
2: uh, what was that for? I was just thinking of a quote from something. It was a fric- I think it was The Office or something. I watched a clip and someone's like, "Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year." <laughs> but you know but you know what is not a joke and
0: is most certainly real?
2: And adorable. And adorable. It is our ladies, third dude ladies, this week.
0: Ladies, I think he's single. Yes.
2: <laughs> he's doing threes. I don't even know, I if th- know if it's a gang <laughs> sign or <laughs> if it's just threes. <laughs> Listen,
0: this this man, um he's uh, a legend. have a lot to thank. He, he's a legend. He's, he's a very lovely chap. And honestly, there, another person as to... If this person didn't exist, this podcast probably wouldn't exist. For very good reason. We're so
2: glad he was physically born.
0: (laughs) Yes. For for a multitude of reasons. Because he is a lovely person. But also, like, really just incredible dude. And actually, he was the reason why Richard and I met. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of wild to think about it.
2: And we've we've referenced him so many times, too. Like He's probably the one we name-drop the most of all the people that we talk about on this show. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. The three, the, the
0: should be three time Oscar winner and the recipient of the second uh, Two Dudes Award for <laughs> Should Have Won Everything, Andrew Gifford. <laughs>
1: Woo!
3: Th- thank you. Th- thank you for having me. Are you okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this podcast is is ready to talk about the dark knight trilogy <laughs> <laughs> <I'm Batman. laughs> you didn't see that coming we, we need just, a, we need <laughs> a lozenge <laughs> <laughs> i was just like honestly i was just enjoying listening to you guys hype me up i was like my hype men
2: <laughs> we're, we're trying to get up. you to drop a solo album so we could record some stuff for you with the batman voice <laughs> listen other than john
0: and kenny's music there's not much to hype up with this show <laughs> honestly yeah every time
3: i hear john and kenny's music i'm just like wow they just really outdo themselves like every episode
2: and they just sent a new track for um uh because th- this is obviously pre this episode's recorded w- weeks before this is actually going to be up but uh, or at least a week and so th- I think this week the Disney episode's going up and he sent the D- the track for the Disney episode and it's it sounds amazing.
3: Honestly, like just picturing that in my head, like see it says so much that I don't even like underestimate them to be able to pull that off. Like that's how good they are in my mind.
2: <laughs> we we I don't think we've been disappointed once. No. Like, it's it's insane that we've just not once been disappointed. They're not human, I like, think. Like, I
3: can listen to their music. <laughs> like, I, I'm not tired during the intermissions.
2: <laughs> Sometimes I think people just listen for the intermissions.
3: <laughs> they don't want to hear what we have to say. Brian from Idaho is just, like, skipping to the middle part of the episode <laughs> to listen.
1: He's like, okay, the, the I'm, story, I'm
2: The story dead. really should have been he was hunting John and Kenny down, and then we just got in the <laughs> way. <laughs>
3: Well, honestly, guys, like, just to say, it's an honor to be here. Honestly, like, so I feel like this episode has been a long time coming. Like, the movies we're going to be talking about, I'm surprised Mm -hmm. wasn't done already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know, the thing is, like, the name of the
0: show is Two Dudes, One Double Feature. And this is obviously three movies, and we've done trilogies before, but you don't want to do a trilogy all the time. And what's actually unique about this season is is that we started this season with a trilogy, the Planet of the Apes trilogy, which is really just part of my brand, just monkey movies. Mm. And uh, we conclude this season with a trilogy that is very much Dude One's brand, uh, that me. being uh, billionaires that are cool, actually.
2: <laughs> it's strange concept, but it, it exists somehow. Um, but I will say, before we really hop into that... Um, how are y'all doing?
3: Well, I I'm doing pretty good. I actually just signed up for classes today. So that's that's a big step forward. Very um, nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, otherwise I've just kind of been paying attention to the news, like everything going on in the world, you know, entertainment and just like, you know, everything like, you know, world-related. You know, I I was actually just reading about that whole uh that This is completely off topic, but uh the the Jeopardy controversy. <laughs> did Um, you guys see that yeah Yeah. mike richards awarded himself the uh the hosting gig and they got fired like immediately (laughs) he's like i want
2: to be the host not the reading rainbow guy let me be me
3: he went guys (laughs) he went through all the candidates and was like i choose me
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's like oh my god joey that's like harvey keitel in little nicky (laughs) <laughs> like, I need to choose the devil, and I choose me. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> oh my, no, oh my god, no, that would be an amazing uh, remake of Little Nicky, where, <laughs> where like the devil loses and LeVar Burton just wins.
2: <laughs> LeVar Burton's just the devil, but he's like the nicest devil ever. He, he's like the the best boy. like like why is hell so nice now did you see the devil
0: (laughs) no you know what it is richard it's like paddington 2 how paddington reformed the prison (laughs) prison system
2: levar burton reforms hell
0: i need it (laughs) but man no and then but we get cast you and i get cast as those two guys who are like Nikki's buddies (laughs) oh man this is totally wicked (laughs)
1: levar
0: burton I love you literally get, like, Little Nikki. I don't know why. I have it's, seen it's clips like one of, of the, it. <laughs> literally one of the worst movies we've talked about. But <laughs> we have a weird fondness for it. I <laughs> can't
2: help but quote it all the time. It's a weird movie. And, <laughs> and, and you know what? My friend we did that episode for still hasn't listened to it. What? So I'm calling. Caitlin, I had to watch if Bruce. If you're listening. No, 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 no. I had to watch Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Bruce
0: Almighty. I had to watch that garbage. <laughs> He's a person that I've never met. This person, All this person's ever done is listen to this show, which has not helped me. It's made my life worse, because that means I have to edit more episodes. Yeah. I. This Listen, I don't hate you, but I strongly dislike your lack of listenership on that episode.
2: You, listen, this is Caitlin, wrong. We're calling you out. You, you got to listen to it. Post-haste. Anyway. Post-haste. Anyway. Uh but no. I am happy I am happy that GIF is in school.
3: <laughs> Another No, that's the important thing. Yes. <laughs> so this is also off topic, but I'm also excited because uh I'm actually going to Cape Cod in a couple days Ooh, for a week. That's so right. That'll be nice to get away. But uh on on the way there, you know, I'm actually gonna be showing my stepbrother the Raimi trilogy for the first time. Because, you know, like, the new, you know, No Way Home trailer is actually getting younger people interested in those movies, so.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's an easy way to sell them, too. Just be like, hey, you know that new Spider-Man you like? Well, he's gonna hang out with that old Spider-Man. You know, the one your dad likes? (laughs) You
3: you should go see that one now. Or it's like, remember that character from that movie you like? (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) You know what's funny? It's funny about that is uh, a coworker of mine. She started the M- I basically told her the order to watch the MCU in, and she's gonna keep going with it. But now she's got to watch the Raimi Spider Man movies now, <laughs> and the Amazing Spider. man
2: you know, at least at least with those first few, you know, even the third one's not like the worst thing ever. At least they're now. all fine. Yeah. I like them all. So <laughs> fine.
3: So, so you're having a good time. I mean, you know, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> He's just so
2: more like Willem de Friend, (laughs) Willem, my
3: buddy. I surrender. (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) surrender. (laughs) He just punches them.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh! Uh, but that's cool though.
3: Yeah, Yeah. yep. Also, too, Joey. I just felt the need to throw this out there. You know uh ironically you know you tried to get me into football for the longest time and then right when i leave that's when i got into football <laughs> so <laughs> but like hey hey gif GIF, oh you gosh. see this clip of uh the patriots playing i'm like oh that's cool and then like now i like watch that stuff religiously <laughs> you're, you're like oh yeah did you see teddy bridgewater is
0: the is the starting qb for the Broncos? i'm yeah. like and you're, you're saying all the, and you're probably following it more than I am right now. Gifford, who would you say your team is? I forget what nope. you, you said.
3: So, okay. So my team now is the Bills because they're the hometown team where I live right now. And right. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of what they're doing, like with Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs and all them. Um, actually, the funny thing is I'm more into fantasy football
0: <laughs> than- I've noticed that, yeah,
3: I love that one meme you sent me where it's like me at work, and it's just Patrick like with that plank of wood, and then it's like uh <laughs> and- <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: you're studying, you're you're treating like it like like rocket science. You're like, oh man, I'm precision focused. That's what it's you get like. to work,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But much much luck to you on the on the fantasy stuff. Definitely keep keep me posted about that. We are actually going to talk about football later on. Richard, and I are going to really it's emphasize whole thing. it. It's going to be a really whole thing. Big. You're, you'll, you're you'll, not, pre- you'll see. You're not ready. <laughs> I'm excited. I did want to say though, as far as stuff in my life, I did get Apple TV recently. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching, you know, because of Allison, I watched
2: Schmigadoon, which is a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah. Schmigadoon, fun stuff. Fun stuff. I think, but I I'm... honestly think Barry Sonnenfeld should just stick to TV. Yeah. I mean, no, nothing against his recent movies, but I've, I've really enjoyed Lemony Snicket and I really enjoyed Schmigadoon. So just stick to television. Right.
0: Yeah. I agree. And then, uh, the other, the big thing on Apple TV, like if you have like is Ted Lasso speaking of and... football speak a different kind of uh football um that that might be one of easily one of the best shows i've seen i'm i'm like part way through season two and it is it is just incredible um i don't i don't want to like spoil too much about it but it's just like i feel like it's something we like i hate to sound like righteous but it's like it's something we need right now i feel like
2: like it's like uplifting kind of
0: it's it's uplifting um but I think there but in a way that I think is like um it it, it feels it just feels sincere but I think my favorite scene on the show is like I, I don't want to spoil but what it is but it's like it's like you know curious you be curious not judgmental and
2: it, you sent me that clip yeah
0: it, it is oh I, I was just like that is so good oh man it, there was one nice.
3: night where I I put on the first episode and i didn't plan on watching through the whole series but it was just so good i ended up staying up all night and binge watched the whole show and yeah i just felt like it was so uplifting and felt so genuine you know jason Mm -hmm. sudeikis just like sells ted lasso so well and uh the characters are all so likable too they're so memorable i loved it
2: yeah i I haven't seen it
3: it's a great it's it's (laughs) Uh, a great uh, show
2: I'll get around to it. I'm sure at some point. I'm sure if I hear enough about it, I'll probably watch it.
0: Richard, did you have anything to add in your in your life in your in your
2: sphere? Well, nothing important really happened to me this week at all, except uh, Monday was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. No, I um yeah, Monday was my birthday. I turned thirty-one.
3: Did you have thirty-one candles on the cake <laughs> that you had to no, blow it's out? Just,
2: uh, uh, it was just a big three and a big one, and I was like, "I'm
3: 13." <laughs> there you go.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I turned 31. Turned it on Monday. Monday birthdays are kind of weird, a little sad, admittedly, because it's like people got things to do on Mondays, and you want to you want to do stuff with other people, but people are just busy, and so we just didn't really get to do much. And plus, I was already kind of bummed out because it's still I still gotta have that you know post vacation blues a little bit. I've talked about. You know, cause that was, you know, while we obviously celebrated birthday, uh, Joey's birthday, that trip, because it was on that trip, a lot of that was also for myself. Cause that was my birthday gift to myself. Mm-hmm. And so coming back and then just being home for a week and then my birthday hit and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I will say, uh, you know, shout out to my mom who put a lot of effort into it as she always does and she brought me like a whole thing of balloons and a cake and we had dinner outside and you know like it was it was was, there was effort there it's just you know i think i was just already kind of feeling like upset about one thing or i don't know um but uh the cake was very good and uh i don't know i haven't had a balloon in a while so i don't know why that just kind of was fun admittedly (laughs) (laughs) and um I did get like a surprise gift uh, when I went to work the next day from my coworkers. So, so uh, speaking of coworkers, shout outs! Shout out to Kelly and Lee because that was really nice of you guys. Um, they got me a bunch of like little knickknacks that they found at the bookstore. So like there was like like uh, a uh, Russian nesting doll, but it was like fat cats, and so it was like a chunk cat. Just, I guess is a meme or something. So it was like a fat cat, uh, a miniature inflatable tube man. <laughs> 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 and a mug that has a bunch of uh birds on it but it's called the Fowl language mug so it's a bunch of birds that you know have like you know suggestive names it's like the blue-footed booby or you know titmouse uh the southern screamer
3: the names that came to my mind in like in my mind i was like i can't say out loud
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i was i was i was navigating what i wanted to say <laughs> i thought southern screamer is probably the most risque so i apologize <laughs> uh, but um and then they got me a card that's um because they're like 1920 and so they like to make fun of me because i'm older because <laughs> so, i like my uh one of my co-workers she'll always be like so you turn what 31 right and i'm like thank you i appreciate it <laughs> so they, they got me a card and it was a thomas the train engine card that said you're three <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so that was really really funny but that was a nice little surprise and got a couple little things here and there i got a new fan i got some action figures some collectible stuff uh, I got the whole suicide squad sitting next to me right now um, on my on my table it was it was it was a fun birthday it's just Monday birthdays are are just you know what they are because of you know Monday you know it is what it is and you know hopefully when I turn 32 there won't be a pandemic too so hopefully <laughs> hopefully my whole 30s won't be stuck in the middle of this nonsense. But, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to.
3: Before we jump into the movies, I just have to say, so recently I went to Six Flags Darien Lake. And the big, like, ride there is is Superman Ride of Steel. I went on it, and I wish you guys had seen me on that. Because I was just like, "Ah!" (laughs) Just like now, I'm just picturing. <laughs>
2: see, now I'm just picturing like like a red and blue roller coaster, and then GIF. Just like
3: ah! <laughs> that's what it was like.
2: <laughs> like you, your face turns into weasel a little bit. Just your eyes are like coming out of your head a little bit.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man. uh Anyway, so should we get into this now? Is this is it time?
0: I just want to double check if you're still recording, right? Yes, I am. Okay, good. Yeah. So now, obviously, as we said, we've indicated this a new number of times, but our um, our featured titles this week is gonna it's gonna be a trilogy of movies.
2: Trace movies,
0: three movies. Uh, certainly, one of the most um, successful trilogies, one of the most popular trilogies. You know, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who would say this is their favorite trilogy.
2: This might, there might also be a ton of people to say that. Why would you want to talk about this?
0: <laughs> yes, there is also yeah. that group of people. And I say to those people, why are you listening to this podcast? You know for a long time That's that Dude <laughs> One is a huge Batman fan. You must I'm have here. seen this day coming a long ass time
3: away. So <laughs> why did you put this on when you see the title? <laughs> <laughs> you you're weirdo. What are you doing? Uh, honestly, I
0: might be flattered, because it might be like a, a Howard Stern sort of thing, where people just hate listen, and I'm like,
2: all right. <laughs> Baba <laughs> booey. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the, you know what the funny thing was? So obviously, if you have been listening, and you, you know that I've taken Joey on this journey talking about... At least the nineties Batman movies. So we talked about all of them. In fact, GIF is sort of the reason for that happening because he suggested the first episode pairing, which was Superman Batman. So that episode wow. suggestion okay. kicked off this train of me going, I'm gonna show Joey all the nineties Batman movies.
3: Wow, I, and, I did something.
2: You, know, <laughs> you 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 were a bit you if you was again, if it wasn't for you. And I would also say too the Superman
0: Batman is probably the first episode of Two Dudes where I'd be comfortable calling it a Two Dudes episode.
2: Like the first two are experiments. They're they're experiments,
0: they're like prototypes. That is like the first true Two Dudes episode in my honest opinion.
2: Yeah. So so yeah, but the funny thing is I only ever planned to do those movies and then for some reason this ended up being <laughs> on the docket. I think we, because I think there was a plan to do like uh, an Apes, Dark Knight sort of pairing, but then obviously it just seemed like a lot, so then we just sort of split it up and talked about the separate trilogies as opposed to like all or one of the movies. But it's just it's kind of funny to think about how I was intentionally getting you through those movies, but then I never at one point thought let's talk about these. I didn't even think I I, maybe I thought you were like you didn't want to because you were probably going to be Batmaned out at that point. But well, here we are. You
0: know, in, in fairness, I don't think I never thought we'd ever get to sixty episodes.
3: Here we are. I am so proud of you guys for getting this far. <laughs> it's so
1: cool. Dedication
2: <laughs> and boredom, and and I, I think enjoyment is in there
0: somewhere.
3: You, you, you see, no, so, no, so you cool. know what? There
1: is <laughs> <laughs>
3: something good came out of this pandemic. You know, you guys. You know, just talking.
2: So, so the moment the pandemic's over, I'm sorry, we're canceling the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be
2: disappointing
0: to exactly two people, Allison and Feehan.
2: And my sister. And me. She's also a listener. And Gifford. People like the show. It's weird.
0: <laughs> it is weird. You're right. Why?
1: <laughs> oh, no, my but, God.
0: But listen, this trilogy, it's a big deal whether you like these movies or not we're going to get deal. back to that point later but point being it all starts it all starts with this little movie 2005 the Christopher Nolan directed Batman Begins
2: again just like our podcast title it it no explanation needed <laughs> you just know exactly from that title what is this it's about Batman starting that probably was the prototype title and they were like you know what i think begins is a better word <laughs> <laughs> the alliteration. Come on, guys. You can't do Batman starting. <laughs> Batman loading screen. <laughs> <laughs> Batman
0: um, uh, buffering. <laughs> you know what I call uh, ba- Batman, Batman? This is, this is not going to get the Batman buffering you is Batman v Superman. Superman. <laughs> where did
3: that lead us?
0: Batman.
2: Yeah, arrives. This isn't going to be in the edit, but just
3: you wait. <laughs> Batman shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Here. <laughs>
2: but yes, Batman Begins.
0: I, I can only speak for myself. I mean, I we all
3: saw Did we all see this in theaters? I assume you Richard did. I know you did. Three times. So, I actually I saw Batman Begins in a dollar movie theater in Florida. <laughs> and uh I don't know how long the movie was out up until I found out this movie existed. <laughs> But there was just one day my dad was just like, Hey, you wanna go see a Batman movie? I'm just like, sure. <laughs> and then I saw it and I was like, wow, that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what is it? It's it's a new one. What? <laughs> see, because by up to that point, I don't I had never seen like the original Batman movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, like Batman on film was just kind of like I, I didn't really know what to expect, really. And I was like maybe ten or eleven so so this was your
2: this was your intro then
3: this was my first batman movie in the theaters and really the first batman oh, okay. movie i ever saw so
2: that's insane
3: yeah if you don't count Mask that's of wild the phantasm
2: <laughs> i mean if you don't count *Bask with the phantasm then i can't talk to you <laughs>
3: so <laughs> batman begins is not my intro <laughs>
0: You know what? But Batman Begins is still a big deal, I I, I think, and and i I just want to bring up my stuff because I know Richard has a lot to say. This is a Richard episode. <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I'll try, I'll try to let you guys like do your thing, but I I will have little nonsense here.
0: So for me, uh, Batman, I I, I I guess I liked Batman fine enough as a kid. Um, for me, like I was exposed to like the the, the some of the 90s movies, but the, you were scared of the,
2: the.
0: I was scared of the VHS tape. I'm a big baby. I remember that. My big thing with Batman is my uncle is a huge Batman fan and I def I did see this in theaters opening weekend with him. Uh this was 2000 2000- this was 2005 which is-, is also strange to think too because you know with all these movie screenings and stuff my cousins would would be o- right along with us but that was 2005 my cousins were like 2 and a newborn basically 2 at and that
2: point. a bundle
0: basically so 2005 and this movie scared me As a kid, just like there are so many things about, I mean, we'll get to that, but, Mm -hmm. and for a while I didn't watch it, but then because of home video, like probably a lot of people discovered this through home video, I watched it again and again, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, this is a great movie.
2: So Gif, you said you were about 10 or 11, right? When it came out? And Joey, you were probably 12, 13? I was,
0: I was going to turn 12.
2: Because I remember, because this was July, because... most Batman movies came out either June or July. And then I think, I think Batman v Superman broke the mold when it came out, in like what March or whatever. Um, but typically that's when they would ever, that's whenever they'd release Batman movies. And so I was probably 14 about to turn 15 that year. And so I, I had all this, history cuz like I grew up with 89 Batman movie Batman Returns the animated show so i had literally just watched all that and I remember I remember this specifically do you guys remember the on star comm- like the Batman on star commercials does that ring a bell at all
3: I've seen them on YouTube I don't, I don't.
2: so th- there were these commercials these that on star did it was like between the time of uh you know Obviously, Batman and Robin, and Batman Begins. So obviously, it's 97 to 2005. So it's big old gap of time. And each commercial was essentially Batman fighting different uh, enemies, like Joker or Riddler or whatever. And um, he used OnStar to do it. So obviously, that was the commercial. Um, and you could see him on YouTube. There's like I think they're all on there. And at one point, they had a contest where you could win a chance like a walk-on roll on a future Batman movie. And I think about that all the time because obviously I imagine that was like around the time they were thinking of doing a sequel to Batman and Robin, which never happened. Um, and so I wonder if they held true to that, to the contest winner, and they got to be in Batman Begins, which I'm thinking they didn't. But I've, I've been curious. Like every time I watch Batman Begins, I'm like, I wonder if this is the person. That won the contest. <laughs> like it's Rucker Hauer of all people. Apparently, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's did, how he got his role. No no, 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 you know, you know
0: how he how he found out. Like Morgan Freeman walked into his room. He's <laughs> did like, you get the memo? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine imagine being one of those fans and like you know you you watch batman and robin like oh that wasn't very good and then like eight years later you get to go to see see the set of a movie like batman begins the quality upgrade (laughs) wow (laughs) or even
2: like at first you'll just look around and just be like so why am i in Ch- is this gotham city i'm just in chicago right
3: now <laughs> chicago.
2: <laughs> where's the neon lights <laughs>
3: it, it's like the mask i'm you so know, confused it's like that mask contest yeah. where you know yeah so, mm-hmm. but you know of course like if you had the chance to visit jamie kennedy on the set of son of the mask would you take it probably not
2: <laughs> <laughs> would you be excited i'll be like i love scream I like the scream movies, even though you're only well, you're in the all three, but you, you know you only lasted so long. But you know it is what it is. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but anyway, so I, I always re- I always think of those OnStar commercials whenever I watch Batman Begins. Um, but I, I remember I think I saw it. I know for sure I saw it twice, but I may have seen it a third time. I don't remember. But the first time I saw it with my grandma, because it was around the time we were going to the theater a lot, and we would go see a bunch of movies and um, go have dinner afterwards. And we watched Batman Begins, and I know she loved it. And obviously I loved it, because I went and saw it more times after that. Um, I think I was 14. Yeah, I think I said, yeah, I was like 14 going on 15. Um, but no, I, 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 loved it. I was just so happy to have a new Batman something. Cause you know, I'm a kid, I'm watching Batman and Robin and I'm in love with it. Cause I don't know any better cause I'm a dumb, dumb kid <laughs> though. I'll, you know, as I've mentioned before, I, I have my, my, the things that I do like about it in retrospect, sure. mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, going into the new one. After all this time wondering why there was not another Batman movie and finally getting one and it being this one I was I was so stoked about it.
3: Nod. Nods. <laughs>
2: nods. <laughs> we're we're back to the nods.
3: You, hey, uh, rock and roll. You know, light it up. You ever thought about how okay, so there was 8 years in between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins. But then the 8 years between The Dark Knight Rises and like now Batman's in so many movies. <laughs>
2: it's 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 the proliferation like ever since it's funny because like ever since i think especially the dark knight it just became such a thing where like i think dc feels like the only way they can make money is with certain characters which is kind of sad to think about because i mean they're sort of pushing it on harley quinn now which i mean i like everything they've done so far so i have no real problem with it but they're definitely pushing that on her and sort of take because I think people are now vocally getting sick of Batman and so they like to let him know so now they're just saying but what about Harley you're the 90s kids remember you grew up with her in the animated show
0: but if we can if we can just say this um like allow us to make you sick again with Batman so unlike the (laughs) other Batman movies where we where we really just neglected to mention Batman first I'd really just want to say this is a Batman movie and I'm not yeah. making that as a joke. It's Batman. This is a movie about Bruce Wayne, also known as Batman.
2: Also known as a good billionaire, huh?
0: Yeah, that that's the biggest like that's the biggest like fantasy in these movies or like a lot of the like, comic book movies is like the rich are are are, are your friends really. Like Zorro
2: <laughs> the Shadow, your good billionaires, Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but but this but like this, this movie really focuses on because Bat- one of the big things everybody talks about with those '90s Batman movies is that like,
2: he's he's kind of like it, like a side character. He's a side villains.
0: character. It's like yeah. X like movie star, whether it be Jack Nicholson or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Tommy Lee Jones, and then you get somebody else's Batman, and then yeah. th- some people who have been Batman, some some good actors, but like it's li- it's literally just like Batman's just a sidekick in his own movie. Not a sidekick, but he is like a side character in his own film, which is kind of weird.
2: It's, it's, I mean, I understand the thought process based on some people's interpretation of it, but at the same time, like, it's just, at the end of the day, you kind of want to just make Batman the focus, at least for the first movie, because obviously with the second two, I think it's more of an ensemble case, but you really want to establish that one thing is that Batman is this important character, and I think... Because I was watching a bit of the the, the conversation between you know the other fa- like the only other famous two dudes I could think of at the moment Nolan and Donner, <laughs> and um, it's a great special feature by the way, um, but like uh, I think Nolan at one point was saying how he wanted another reason why he wanted the world of Gotham to seem have to have more of a realistic look to it uh, was to emphasize the extraordinary and sort of. You know, make Batman stick out more. Yeah. So obviously, you put the camera on him, but all but at the same time, because he is such an extraordinary character, you're having even more of a focus of him when everything else around him is somewhat ordinary in a way.
0: You know, it, I kind of compare it to like seeing like the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot. Like you see like the like you know like the like the famous like photos of those creatures. And they stick out more because they're in these, envi- like, especially Bigfoot. It's just in the forest. And it's just this guy who's looking around. Whether he's real or not doesn't matter for this conversation. But it's it's such a weird, I never thought about it that way. But that's a good, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. And so, like, watching that first movie, because, again, it also does something that we don't normally see even in the comics, which is explore that time when Batman's actually, like, learning all of his stuff to be Batman, You know, there's like, not even kidding, there's only so few comics that actually care to explore that element. It's only been in recent memory that I can think of where we see random stories here and there about what Bruce was doing before he went back to Gotham City, because typically it's like, okay, his parents are killed. It's like Jesus. What was he doing when he was a teenager? Because he was born in the manger, and then nothing happened, and he was immediately like, 30 or whatever (laughs) like what what what's the between years that's what i want to know
3: another reason that i i love the nolan movies is that they try to explain everything so practically and so grounded Hmm. it's easier to relate to the characters and it's easier to believe like okay batman could exist (laughs) (laughs)
2: If there were nice billionaires, if there were <laughs> nice billionaires, yes. <laughs> if there were, if 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 that was such a thing, if we didn't have billionaires that all they did was ride penis rockets and make robots because they want to.
0: <laughs>
2: but that's a whole other conversation.
0: Batman, though, it really is is a character we really get to know Batman as a person because in the first one, in the first like in the Michael Keaton one, he's sort of a, an enigma, sort of a mystery.
2: Which which worked for that narrative, but then later on it just sort of felt weird, yeah.
0: Yeah, so. it, fe- it felt weird, but it's nice to know, like Bruce Wayne, like you really get to see, you know, why he had to leave the movie theater, you know, and how that plays into his, you know, into his psychology. And mm-hmm. I love one of my favorite bits too, is is um, is it the gun you know, bit? Years, the gun bit. Yes. Like, years like years later, you know, he wa- he really wants to kill. The guy who killed his parents. It's
2: it's okay. just sho- it it shows how human he really because like that's always one thing that people always say like oh I like Batman because he's human as opposed to all these fantastical characters like being human is an emotional thing ultimately so like you can say that about Superman Superman is very human because he's a very emotional character regardless if he can you know deflect bullets with his with his freaking chest hair point being you know you relate to him because of you know mutual ex- because of the experiences that he's gone through which are very human with Batman you know he's an angry person because he was he lost someone near and dear to him at a very young age and all he could think about his for the rest of his life at that point was getting revenge and the opportunity was presented to him and he was going he had a gun he had it cocked it was in his sleeve he was walking up to the guy he was ready to do it but instead he stops and notices someone else jumped in front of him. And it's not that he had a moment of realization that what he was doing is wrong. It's that someone took that opportunity away from him. And he was still wanting to do it. But then he had that, obviously, the moment of reflection. He talked with uh, Falcone and, you know, that whole scene. But, like, I remember seeing that in the theater and just kind of, just I guess just kind of, like, being somewhat surprised, like, to think about that. Because, as I again, reading the comics, I only ever thought of Batman as, well, he lost his parents, so he's Batman. But you don't think about that in between stuff, and so at least that's what this movie does. That's so great.
0: And I think about like his training stuff with with with. I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: say the name as
0: it's pronounced in the movie. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. fair. And I know I know it's Raish. <laughs> that's okay. fair. Before somebody gets angry at me, me. It's it, <laughs> uh, it's, it's uh, I like or as I have in my notes, Razzle Dazzle Al Ghul.
2: Is it Raz Al Ghul?
0: <laughs> As they say, and or he, well, well, Liam Neeson at first is introduces Ducard. Right?
2: Yeah, Hen- Henry Ducard is the name of because because that whole bit was based on a smaller story that was written. Um, that was one of the other only few comics that actually explores like Batman's early days and so um, or bef- his training days. And so there was, I guess, he met a character named Henry Ducard who was like a I, I don't remember if I'm being honest, but like he taught him a lot of stuff. So. Has nothing to do with with Ra's Al Ghul in the comics, but they made him one and the same in the movie. Right,
0: and like, if I'm being honest, I think he might be like my favorite. Like Liam Neeson might be like my favorite villain.
2: Like the whole trilogy
0: in the whole trilogy, I I like the role that he that he plays. Um, and again, this movie really explores like a lot of like the psychology of criminals. Like, I love the part where Batman's just like. You know, it's not just simply about right and wrong. And you see, like the scene where, like the kid, you know, people need to steal to eat. You know, like he just lost so many, like as he said, like preconceptions about about you know human nature and the, all that. The um, nature
2: of right and wrong and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think about also too, you know, like they want like a, as a part of like a rite of like passage in the League of Shadows, they want him to kill that one dude. He's like, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I can't be this guy's executioner. That's not right. And even after like, after like he, like he has that fight, he still tries to save uh, save Liam <laughs> <laughs> Like
2: like he just knocks him out, and then he's like, "I'm gonna I like him, so I'm gonna save him." But I, I as we love to say, Giffy
3: out." <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna leave you here, and I'm just gonna go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm getting on my jet, going back to Gotham talk to you later guys
3: <laughs>
0: um did we did we have any other like big things we wanted to say about well i mean we got to talk about christian bale
2: well yeah because i mean it's and it's funny to think even though it makes sense in when in context but it's just funny to think that nolan cast him because you know like i feel like every batman actor to some degree has either through like a mutual just ex- working with them before like with michael keaton being in beetlejuice and tim burton going batman that guy um or like I think, I think it was Tombstone that got Val Kilmer the Batman job, if I remember correctly. Um, and then I think George Clooney was just available. <laughs> I think that's what George Clooney would even say. Like, I tried it. It didn't work out. I'm sorry.
3: Pop- popularity of ER got him the <laughs> got him that. <laughs> no, I love I love doctor dramas.
0: No, listen, it was his role, his riveting role in season one of Roseanne.
2: <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, I loved you Batman. as Roseanne's sister's <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but with with Batman Begins, I think, outside of Christian Bale auditioning and being like the first person that showed up and Nolan loving him, um, I think it was American Psycho that got him the job, which... If you if you know like if you know that movie regardless of the fact that he's a serial killer it makes sense.
3: And it's even more ironic that his last name is Bateman and if you just remove the <laughs> e you get Batman. It's, <laughs> it's it's like
2: you're saying Batman but with an accent. <laughs> oh my Batman. god, it's the winged creature of the night, Bateman. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, Bale shows some, you know, funny thing too is, um, I was actually one time I was looking at articles that were coming out around when they were like starting a production for Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, everybody's talking about who should play Batman and Christian Bale actually came up a lot as like a fan suggestion. Cause I'm, I'm really? assuming a lot of fans just like watched American Psycho or like, huh, this guy looks like Bruce Wayne and he has the range for it,
0: you know? And you know, you know what? The other thing is like, I feel like some actors, they're either good at playing one or the other, yeah. or they meld. I love Christian Bale, especially in this movie, as both um, Bruce Wayne and Batman.
2: Because
0: one of the big things that, uh, like, borrowed from, like, Zorro and all this tradition is, like, the dual identity, which I feel like is such a missed opportunity nowadays.
2: It's it's so, like, just thrown away now.
0: I just love how much of a dick he acts like. It makes me think of, uh, like, Mark of Zorro with Tyrone Power... Where Tyrone Power, he acts like such a, this is an old term, like a fop. And he's like, ugh, this is rather fatiguing. This is disgusting. Meanwhile, this dude is out there saving the people, saving the day, kicking the Alcalde's ass.
2: That's why I love when he's like, well, a guy who dresses up like a bat clearly has issues. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I love stuff like that. Or when he buys the hotel, and he's like, it's like the swing rules. Setting Uh, setting some new rules
2: about the pool area. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: like, oh, and, um, I think my favorite scene with him is Batman, um, and I was talking about this with my brother, like when, when like Gordon's partner is like, you know, the falafel
2: and I he guess. like, he's hanging him. Yeah. That's my favorite. I swear word to God, too.
0: swear to me. <laughs> and I think that's where the Batman, where the Batman voice works the best. Yeah. And the, which I, and
2: I, it, it, it's, it's a choice that he makes in it. Cause I know it's infamous is the Batman voice. Cause you know, he talks like this you know, tell me where he is, you know, that whole thing, which again, it's a choice. And I think, like I said, before, I think I said it a couple episodes ago that I think that's part of the reason why Nolan wanted him because like he bothered to change his voice when he was Batman. Whereas like, which I think Michael Keaton actually kind of started that. Cause like Michael Keaton's voice is different when he's Batman versus Bruce Wayne. And then, and then that was incorporated in the animated show with Kevin Conroy, which who kind of abandoned it, it, it a little bit later, sadly, but, um, Bale obviously made a radical choice and went from being his normal, like, well, not normal cause he's Welsh, but like his normal American voice. And then when he's Batman, he, he talks gravelly and he, he really gets intense with it. And sometimes it's terrible. I'll full on admit. And like, they like the, where's the trigger bit in, in rises, which we'll get to that. I'm sure like that particularly the, the
0: other two movies for this movie i think it works pretty well but also yeah. considering he's not batman as much yes as he is like in dark knight you know yes
2: going into like him doing that in this movie like i i i never thought of it admittedly like i never i guess i never had a problem with it i know like afterwards i'd have friends come up to me like his voice though i'm like like and then i have to think about it, i'm like I mean yeah it's gravelly but I mean I, I I was intimidated.
3: He could have maybe like brought it down a couple notches, you know, kind of like what Clint w- did.
2: When he whispered growled, I thought it was the most effective in like other movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was thinking about this like when he get when he yells it could be, it could, it's a toss up. It could be terrible. Yeah. It could be great. Because like you, you either get like swear to me or you get,
1: Where's the <laughs> <person we are?">
3: <laughs> <laughs> which I, I appreciate the logic that went into, you know, him changing his voice because of course, like with the realistic setting they're trying to go for, it's like, well, it'd be weird if he sounded like Bruce Wayne because
2: <laughs> but... then he'd be like, Bruce,
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: no,
2: no, it's not me. <laughs> like, as you said,
0: Batman's the big focus. However, I think one of the the really like one of the big highlights of these movies, the supporting cast is outstandingly cast.
2: The cast, I think all the way through this movie is uh, and that's another thing Nolan was talking about with Donner is just like how much he loved the cast he had for Superman with like Hackman and Ned Beatty and obviously Christopher Reeve, Mugger Kidder, um, all these people that were just perfectly cast for their roles. I can honestly say the exact same thing about, batman begins like because first off like bale is amazing and i i do really like him. i know people like have their feelings but like i do love bale a lot as batman however i also gotta give a shout out to michael cain because he is i mean yes i love michael goth i will love him to death he's he's amazing and he touches my heart every time i see him in the 90s batman movies however if I was talking purely just from a from a written performant like just all around quality, Michael Caine is the best Alfred.
0: I would also argue he's the heart of a lot of these movies because he is. one thing people talk about with Nolan is sometimes like the lack, like there's like a, a I don't want to say lack of humanity, but like sometimes the emotions are like muted. But with like because like, that Alfred Bruce relationship is so important. I think about when when Bruce breaks down when he's a kid after the after the funeral mm-hmm. and I was gonna say, to say I say the same thing throughout the whole throughout the whole thing like you, you really need that piece honestly and Michael Caine's just the linchpin as far as an emotional thing because like I, I feel like with a lot of these roles if you didn't cast it right it this thing could have gone belly up yeah you know and I think about the and this is one that I think might be arguably the best cast at, in all three as far as the character that appears in all three I think Gary Oldman as commissioner uh, he doesn't start commissioner gordon but as gordon
2: it should also be noted that he looks comic book accurate yeah because i mean obviously you know especially during this time period it would seem like such a struggle to make things look like the comics like you think of galactus in fantastic four just being a cloud and like and then you jump to like you know 2021 suicide squad comes out and starro shows up and he looks like the comics So it's like it's. I'm happy the progression has happened there. But you go back to 2005 with that first movie, and granted, it's not a major thing because I mean he's a he's a redhead dude with a mustache and glasses. But regardless, they made they put the effort in to make
3: Gary Oldman look like Commissioner Gordon, and he does. He looks just like him. Gary Oldman is a chameleon. He can he can become any role you give him. Like and it's so funny because up to Batman Begins, he like he was always typecast as villains.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Which is, and it's funny too, because like, I think of that, but I also think how, because I always think of him in like the Harry Potter movies as well. Not to bring up Harry Potter, but um, he's so you know, good. he was Sirius Black in that. And he, he he's very good in those movies. And he, he plays someone who is essentially the villain of his story until they're like, no, no, no. He's actually the good one. <laughs> And I also like to think that when he turns into a dog, it's actually just Gary Oldman in a dog costume. I don't think that was CG or a real dog. Like, he's just that good.
0: Knowing Gary, because I was listening to uh, Francis Ford Coppola's commentary track for Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is one of my favorite movies, and Gary Oldman is freaking amazing in that movie. Oh yeah, and he was he was talking about like a rehearsal scene where he has like a like a bat costume in that where he's like a bat monster, mm-hmm. and Gary Oldman's like, "How am I going to get into the emotion of this thing if I'm not in the in the bloody costume? <laughs> I need the suit." So. I do believe that yes, he probably would have been in the dog <laughs> suit if that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also I, I think like what warms my heart too, and it's a call and it gets called back to in like the third movie when like he puts the jacket around Bruce.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: part gets that is a too. nice moment. Honestly, it's a nice, nice bit of um, a really nice bit of humanity. They're perfect, and uh, the voice, the voice of God himself, Morgan Freeman.
2: Morgan Freeman shows up, and As um, Morgan Freeman. I was so happy. <laughs> As Morgan Freeman, but you know what though i was so happy that they included this character lucius fox who is such an important character in the comics because uh, he runs wayne enterprises so you need him for logistic reasons because you know if batman's kept back there's just too much on the table for batman there so you know it's nice that he has lucius but also lucius being the tech guy because yeah batman is he's not an inventor necessarily like he 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 has, like, made his own stuff and or fixed things. He's smart enough to do that, but he's not necessarily, like, the guy that makes his own shit. And so Lucius Fox has always been the guy to help with that and, like, you know, get some of that in place. So I was happy that, for once, they actually included him in these movies. And
0: it should be noted, Christopher Nolan is a... If I'm not mistaken, Christopher Nolan's a big Bond fan.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. H- huge Bond fan.
0: And when I when I was watching these movies... Like whenever they go to like the, I call it like the fake bat cave where everything's just like lit up like a, <laughs> like, a like a, like a giant Walmart warehouse or whatever. <laughs> and, and, but like, it makes me think of a James Bond movie where you have all, the, all these different gadgets and they test all this different stuff. It, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of cool. And it's like sort of Nolan's way of being like, I'm making a Batman movie, but
3: I'm making a Bond movie as well. Shh, <laughs> it's, 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 don't tell anyone. Give what you are going to say. Well, I, you know, I think that Morgan Freeman is Lucius brings so much levity to the movie. Where it's like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. so serious, and then up to a point, like, it's just fun, like, him showing Bruce the gadgets, telling jokes, cracking jokes, I'm just like, okay, this is a nice, like, little break from all the brooding and seriousness. But you know what, I, I,
2: speaking of, I love when he finds the tumbler, when, like, the, this movie's version of the Batmobile. Does because it come he, <laughs> Does it come yeah. in black? Which people always talk about. I think it's somewhat misrepresented. But people always talk about these movies as being like these super dark, grim, like blah, blah blah And it's like, yeah, there's darkness and there's grittiness, but a lot of it is something that's just already inherently with Batman to begin with. But these movies, like Nolan would say in various interviews, he was trying to make like '70s summer blockbusters. A little bit like he was sort of mimicking that, and so periodically you'll have moments of like like one liners or jokes, which they have no balls or no spine. I think is better in any like in more recent comic book movies to do that without having some sort of stupid joke to like like they don't like they don't have the one liners anymore.
3: What you don't like falafel? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's
3: it's a falafel great falafel guy.
0: <laughs> no, no, wait, is I think it's in the Dark Knight, but it was just like uh where uh. They're asking about like if, it, if it, what it can do against like dogs. And he's like, should do fine. Fine against, against cats. cats. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it, I think I think Morgan Freeman does add a lot of levity to it, and he has. I think speaking of levity moments, one of my favorite moments is in the Dark Knight. So I'll talk about it for that. But um, I think he also. Um, is that character that sort of helps Bruce sort of reconnect with his parents a little bit? Because obviously Lucius was there when Thomas Wayne ran the company, and um, you know obviously he had a pretty good connection with with his father. And so I like the bits when like he comes in and like he sort of talks to him about his dad, or like you know like he mentions his dad or something. Um, like when he's talking about like you know how the company got taken over by Recker Howard's character and whatnot. So. It's a sm- it's a small thing, it doesn't my ma- it doesn't matter much in the long run or the great scheme of things, but like it's just a nice little moment, I think.
3: Yeah. I love that Rutger Howers in the movie to pay tribute to Blade Runner, which Joey showed me <laughs> <laughs> one time and it blew my mind.
2: <laughs> I-, I do
0: remember that. That was a crazy thing where I'm like, uh, oh, is Gifford gonna like this? You know, he should just sh- he should just see it, you know. that's <laughs> Giff then-
2: that he does that to me every week. <laughs> well, but,
0: you know, so funny enough
3: i remember that christopher nolan actually had the whole like cast and crew or at least the crew all sat down and he showed them blade runner and was like this is what we're using as inspiration for this movie <laughs> which is such an interesting choice but like all right okay i guess the tone... I, mean,
0: I guess i guess it makes sense uh because there's there's a there's you know you got rachel's <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah but you know what it's funny too because i think nolan is sort of famous for casting like if you look at all of his movies too like he casts like these actors like these specific like tom uh whatever his name is the guy that's like the 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 in uh inception who's like killian murphy's Barringer dad's yes. friend yes thank yes. you yeah so like nolan i think is pretty like has always like looked at like old school actors and brought like like Eric Roberts shows up in this movie and the the sequels Anthony Michael Hall shows up in the sequels so it's like it's it's fun to see like these these guys who were probably big for a short time back in the day show up in a Batman movie like Rucker Hauer
0: yeah should we talk about the I think we should talk about the love interest because that's you know well the place that,
2: that's the only like that's one of the few original things about the movie because the movie is a lot like obviously it's based on a lot of things but rachel dawes the character never existed in the comics so that's that's just the one interesting thing i know about that
3: also she's katie holmes which is something
2: yeah she's she starts off as katie holmes and then um there's a change but again we'll get to that later but
0: and I, I, think I'm gonna. This might be a spicy hot take. I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs>
2: Katie Holmes is
0: just fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Razzie nominated performance of Katie Holmes in this movie is just fine. Listen, with Joey, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna
0: um, Razzies board board of Razzies. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the next um, this is always award uh, for um, <laughs> most deserving of of. Apologies for the pr- apologies, <laughs> Katie Holmes in this movie. She's fine. I think she's fine. She's,
2: <laughs> this is that's my favorite thing when this when that happens on this show. It's just when Joey goes, "Listen, company, I need to tell you something."
3: All you have to point out is how after Batman Begins, she was given the the choice between Dark Knight and that one movie with Queen Latifah. Was it Money Money something? And she chose that. Oh my god! <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Am I remembering this correctly? Was she, she in like Jack a... and I think I think she was in Was she in Jack and Jill?
3: Was she in Jack and Jill? Was she? I don't know. But there's a movie that came out in 2008 with Katie Holmes and Queen Latifah, and she chose that. Are they at like a salon or something? Night. Mad, Mad Money. Money. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, oh my god! So like I would rather hang out with Queen Latifah at this point. But listen,
0: (laughs) listen, she was,
3: she was in Jack and Jill. She was? Oh my, oh no. I
0: think she was, uh, I think she was Adam Sandler's wife in that movie.
2: Of course. That makes sense. Adam Sandler can only, can only be married to like the more, the more attractive (laughs) Hollywood actors.
0: And it's also important, um, Rachel's a pretty crucial character because Batman is obviously a vigilante. So, if you're a vigilante, you must not have the best faith in the system, or things are just so bad. I mean, because Gotham's very, pretty corrupt. We're going to talk about this in the second movie.
2: Yeah, Gotham's
0: terrible. Gotham's a very, very bad place to be, and I would not recommend moving there.
3: Reminds me of real life, the real world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: At least now. At least now. Well, At least now. Whenever, <laughs> yeah.
3: But, but but
0: Gotham's not a great place, but she's one of those people who's like, you know, she believes in the system. She believes that you gotta do things a legal way, you know.
2: And she is like the assistant district attorney, so that's also...
0: The assistant district attorney to uh, a, a DA who, who looks like the janitor on Ned's Declassified School Survival, survival Guide.
3: guide. <laughs> and, and, oh my god, uh, yes. Whose only,
2: whose only purpose is, in the entire movie, is to die so that in the sequel harvey Ted could show up listen
3: listen
0: i thought he did an okay job in the movie as a performance it was fine i remember him
3: i mean i'm him enough to i say remember his name like is carl the oh there you go that actor is actually a friend of chris christopher nolan's and that's why he's even there
2: <laughs> good job carl i don't know your real name well, good job, uh, uh, but mo- mo- but <laughs> but Katie Holmes, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think she, I think she she does a fine job, a fine enough job in the movie. I'm not saying
2: I think she does well enough as well. Like I never, I never hated her. No, I was kind of no, surprised yeah. that she was like like got an award for how much people hated her. I guess according to or was nominated, whatever. And that
0: I feel like it escalated after the second movie. You know, when we had like a different different act- actress for comparison,
2: mm-hmm. which is just is. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it, it will always be sort of weird, I guess. It's like, like obviously, like the Ed Norton, Mark Ruffalo thing,
3: which I'm wearing a Hulk shirt, which is why I thought of that. Uh, <laughs> at the time, like, I'm not sure if this played into it, but, you know, she was married to Tom Cruise at the time, and I think that's when things were kind of weird there with Tom Cruise. I, re- You know
2: what? I remember often... Like, she would be, like, because, you know, this is just stupid journalism. Like, the only thing they can ask, you know, female celebrities is, like, who's a better kisser or, you know, what do you like to drink? Like, like nonsense questions that are, like, like why? So, like, I think at the time they are like, who's a better kisser, Christian Bale or Tom Cruise? Like, that's her, that's her, like, at the time that was, like, her husband or whatever or, like, why would you ask that question? <laughs> What's what's the thought process behind that? Like, who's a better kisser, my coworker or, or the person or I'm in a husband. relationship with? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let me think about that. We, we were talking
0: about the villains before. We talked a, bit, a little bit about Liam Liam Neeson, you know, in this movie as DuCard and and Razal Ghul.
2: Essentially, like he's sort of the main Villain of the movie. I mean, obviously, he's not the most prominent because there's that's the the way they build it up is that it's a twist and it turns out he's actually Razal Ghul because earlier in the movie we're told that Ken Watanabe, you know, let them fight himself is Razal Ghul. Which,
0: which can I say it was weird for me watching that because I'm like I was watching this movie and obviously I was like covering my eyes through a lot of it because I thought it was scary mm-hmm. at with like the bad stuff. But like I always just thought he was just Razal Ghul throughout the whole movie. And like, people were like, oh, it was a twist! He's Ra's al Ghul! And I'm like, wait, you're surprised? What?
3: I thought we were. Didn't you get the memo? I guess not. I mean...
0: I guess not. I don't know. It was a weird thing for me because I'm like, wait a minute. That was supposed to be a twist?
3: In hindsight, when like, you look like at the,
2: it. Like, the indication wasn't even that he was like... But your Roz? like even that, didn't tip you off <laughs> that it was the twist.
3: <laughs> well, also keep in mind, it's like Liam Neeson, this big actors in this movie, and he's just written out in like the first half of the movie. Of course, he was gonna come back. <laughs>
2: like <laughs> they, they were doing a Drew Barrymore in Scream, like she shows up, you think she's a big prominent thing, but nah, she's dead. <laughs> so but we
0: also got to we also got to bring up um, Scarecrow.
2: Yeah, because I think it was the only time Scarecrow, because like. Other villains that have shown up in in this trilogy, like Joker and Catwoman and Bane, have all been adapted in the earlier movies or even on the T V show. Scarecrow has never been adapted ever in anything outside of the animated show. And I think I remember him
1: on Super Friends.
2: Yeah. Just, just there he is. <laughs> but um I like I he's kind of like the one character, the one villain that shows up in every single one of these movies, too. So he's like that. He's another one of those, like, thread things. It's like, oh, there's Scarecrow. Yeah. But Killian uh, Murphy, who plays him, I thought was very good. And he also auditioned to be Batman, which is, is crazy ha- to think. Have you like, seen
3: the pictures of him in the suit?
2: I've seen the whole audition video, like, when he was wearing the Kilmer suit and, like, doing the scene and everything. Maybe if he was, like, because he's kind of skinny. So maybe if he, like, bulked up a bit. I would have been okay with it, but um, I loved him as Scarecrow.
0: I, I also just, I really like when they, I think outside of the, the third movie, but, like, I really like the villain pairings in, like, the first two movies so much. Yeah. And I think that they, they, they work beautifully for the themes of each movie. In this movie, the big theme, you know, one of the big themes is fear.
2: Such an important thing, especially for Batman. And especially for a Batman trying to establish himself and what he has to do to, like, be that character which is you got to be afraid of him because if you're not afraid of him then he is then he doesn't work I mean obviously we we saw that easily in the second movie um in this one you know he's trying to like establish himself in that he's you know he's striking fear that's why like watching the movie I thought it was like a horror movie half the time like I feel like each each of these movies sort of is tailored to a specific genre like the, the the crime thriller or the disaster movie and this one very much felt like a horror movie
0: that third act is is really like i said like the scarecrow like on the horse and like just like the oranges and just like with the fear toxin going over the place sorry give you were gonna say something
3: oh no i was just gonna say like you know the the fear toxin stuff i love how it allows them to have some really just like crazy visuals in an otherwise really just sort of like you know grounded movie so it really catches you off guard, just like how it just kind of comes out of nowhere in some like parts. Like he's
2: a bat creature at one point. Yeah, you're like
3: what? Like <laughs> it's
0: the one time, it's the one part of the trilogy where the special effects and some of the visuals call attention to themselves. I feel like because mm-hmm. the rest of it, I don't want to say it feels like a documentary, but it feels like you said it feels a little, a lot more grounded. Just with you know, Batman's there, but like yeah. even like the like even though Batman is like a freaking UFO kind of thing in the third movie. It doesn't like it, it still feels real enough tangible. in that setting. It feels tangible. Yes, thank yes. you. Like in this and this, it's like yeah, I think about even the stuff with like League of Shadows where like like Liam Neeson is like disappearing into the crowd and you see like the eyes and like some mm-hmm. weird stuff going on, you know. But even visuals. just from
2: like a, a practical standpoint, I love I love, love, love his first official scene as Batman when when, they're, when we're in the, the, the shipping yard and you have all the crates everywhere and you're literally like very subtle music is playing and you know the criminals are roaming around they're like that's the first time I, w- I ever truly feel like I saw Batman like the character I'm familiar with on screen not to you know you know play it play down any other ones but like you can see the fear In these guys eyes like the one guy even the guys just shooting everywhere thinking he's gonna hit something but he sees like a small glimpse of something right and then the one time and this is my only complaint about the entire movie the one time when the quick cut editing fight style that was so prominent throughout the movie and one of my least favorite things about the movie but um the one time it worked was in that scene because you know when he's fighting all those guys and you're seeing Falcone like trying to find his way Uh, through the crates to see what's going on and it's so disorienting in the best possible way because he's like what is happening what is going on and then of course that great scene he gets back in the car he notices the driver's knocked out and then he's trying to like you know get a shotgun ready and then you see obviously the famous quote from every batman i'm batman and then he headbutts him and then we get that nice one-liner nice coat (laughs) which he says to the russian guy from snatch
3: i just love it when he like looks up at batman just taking off he's just like damn nice. <laughs> or nice yeah
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
3: and these, these movies i feel like
0: too like even uh, like casting like smaller like characters and such like the, like the coat guy it's it makes you think of like uh, the sam raimi movies where like the citizenry like the people that like batman is protecting they feel like People, they feel like like characters, you know. Whereas a lot, and a lot of these things, like I think about Avengers Endgame, it's like okay, half the population was wiped out,
2: but who were they?
0: Other than the immediate impact of like the our, our our characters that we knew, what about regular people? And they they did they
2: hinted they, that they, a little bit. They, they talk game, about it periodically, but not. But it doesn't. Yeah.
0: It doesn't really like hit you in the same way like seeing the guy, you know, Batman get, you know, Bruce give up his coat. You know, it's like a nice nice little thing.
2: I think that's a big reason why these movies, even though they use a lot of realistic-looking locations outside of, like, the previous, like, the 90s movies, I think that's part of the reason why Gotham itself feels like a character in these movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously that first shot, it's this huge, sprawling city by the coast or whatever, and you're seeing literally huge, huge area. And... When you go into it, obviously it looks like a city. You'd probably see like if you go to New York or if you go to you know Chicago or whatever where they filmed a lot of these movies. Um, but it's really the 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 characters and the people, the the citizens of Gotham and the different people that we meet that Bruce interacts with, like Valcone, or like um, even even for the brief moment he's there, Joe Chill, you know the guy that killed Bruce's parents. Like you you look at these characters and you understand why this city is in the shit because, you know, poverty is high, homeless is high, homelessness is high. Um, it's they, they literally call like a prior moment, uh, d- like, like the new depression or whatever, like, they like, it's literally in a terrible position and, and organized crime has taken over to the point where the, the justice system, which initially, you know, I mean, they already have their problems obviously but to make it worse you know now they're being bought and paid for by the mob so you it also having this be the way that it is makes it totally understandable why a guy would dress up as a bat and fight people because this is terrible like these people who are supposed to be helping us aren't helping us at all and you know it's it's like that it's I, I can't think of the right word for it, but it's like someone saying, you know, someone needs to do something about it, and he does.
3: To that point, something I love is in the, you know, in the final battle, I love it how, like, Gordon is taking it on himself to, like, help Batman out, like, you know, with the uh, the tumbler and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's just you just feel like oh, like there's characters in this world that's like you know that are capable of like taking it on themselves to save the day that aren't that isn't Batman and you don't need a Batman. It's
2: scene. the inspiration. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And I just, I, I one of my other favorite just like
0: thing. I, obviously, iconography is a big thing in mm. superhero movies. I love whenever they show the back signal in these movies, but the first time where they have the <laughs> where they have them on like, they have the <laughs> <laughs> like, look, watch for my
2: sign. i love whenever i was telling this to joey gif um i love every single time because they didn't really do it a lot in the other movies but i love every single time he's crouching and he's on the edge of a building looking out because that's the that is the classic batman image in, in the comics and like seeing the cape move and everything like i'm so happy they did that
3: it makes him feel more like mythic or like a legend you know not just a man you know, and like it's like simple thing.
2: iconography, but it works.
3: Yeah. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about Batman Begins is like how they they're, they're like, you can become more than just a man. You can be a legend. <laughs> I love that.
2: <laughs> He's not being a hero. He's being something more. Um, that's that's <laughs> what I, I,
0: just a few other things I want to mention. The score, which is a big thing with all three, all three of them. It's kind of like talking about Star Wars.
2: It should be noted, too. This is of the three Batman movies. This is the only one with two composers because it's yes. Hans Zimmer and um, James Newton Howard who did the music for this one, versus Hans Zimmer who just did the rest of them on his own.
0: And, like, re- like I, I, everybody makes fun of Hans Zimmer because of the blooms and, and all that stuff, but I was
3: really able to get an appreci- appreciation for his, the scores. There are no blooms in this, are there? I don't remember any blooms. Not,
2: not like, there's not, like, any, like, or anything, but, you know, it's what he's known for now because of Inception, I think, yeah.
0: Because... Yeah. Also, can we... Uh, Joffrey Baratheon is in this movie.
2: The one person Bruce should have just killed. <laughs> it's, it's
0: like uh, it's like Brody and baby Thanos. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why didn't you just... <laughs> you know what, though? That's another example of like, oh, here's just this random kid we're going to throw in the movie for Batman to interact with to show like, oh yeah, he does actually like... You know, talk to the people of Gotham, and and I think that's an important thing too because
0: this is going to come up with the other two movies too. But you know, and and again, I'm not trying to diminish what this, these movies these movies or Batman means to people. Mm. You know, who else it really means a, a lot to kids, little ones, and little, little kids. And I'm not saying you always just need like a child representative, but it's nice when you have like your hero you know, the guy you're gonna buy a frickin' action figure of after you see the frickin' movie. You
2: know? Like, like that's... Like, we talked about that, I think... may I forget what episode we talked about that. But we talked about that in another episode where, like... Or at least maybe we just talked about it in general, where, like, you need to have that scene, like, in a comic book movie, or, like, at least a superhero movie, um, with, I'm sure, with some exception, where, like, you have a kid who's just, like, em- enamored by the hero. Like, you see it in, like, every movie. Like, even, like, in... Winter Soldier, when Cap's walking around Smithsonian, he sees the kid, and he just goes shh, and the kid's like, and just nods his head. It's like, it's just that one moment where you're seeing that kid either like awestruck or excited that they're seeing this, you know, character that they're looking up to being the hero that they want them to be.
3: You know, I I remember people used to theorize, but I'm sure it was a joke. But people would be like, that was that was Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That
2: Don't was... ruin it. I mean, jo- listen, it's Joffrey Baratheon. Bad enough. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that, that, that was Robin. <laughs> Clearly that kid is Robin. He's going to be adopted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Gifford, Gifford. They, they, Batman movies only do a few things with Robins. One, have them be like overly too old two kill them uh they're dead or, or three, <laughs> three they're 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 out they're not they're not there what we'll, they, we'll, to do with robin I, I will, we we talked and about this we've talked, we about, talked this,
2: about this but we'll get into it a bit more <laughs> later on i'm sure yes. but there's some of these some of these people have weird anti robin nonsense which i do not agree with
0: <laughs> robin's a, a very important character but yeah. regardless regardless uh, of that you know this movie was a modest success. Obviously, it's been it had been a while since the Batman movie came out, the reception of the last movie, but this is one of those movies where home video, specifically DVD, was a really big factor for this movie. A lot of yeah. people discovered it on DVD and were like, "Man, that's a good Batman movie. I want to see the next one." And uh when we come back from Out of the Shadows, uh we're going to talk about probably one of the most hyped <laughs> movies of all time. <laughs> and its
2: sequel stay tuned save that time save that channel i need you to say and we're back but i need you to say it really loud and enthusiastic
1: and we're back (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) little boy coming in clutch wow (laughs) i did my best mickey mouse impression for joey
1: oh boy we're back everyone dog!
3: Gosh. <laughs> wait, Joey, can you do can you do an impression of Christian Bale's Batman but if it was Kermit?
2: <laughs> oh, I or yeah.
3: Ah, I swear to god, swear to me.
0: <laughs> Where's the trigger? Yeah! Where is the
3: trigger?
1: Oh and my god. You want
3: my permission to die? Die! <laughs> I was picturing the arms (laughs) flailing around.
1: (laughs) No! Wait! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Oh, my
2: God. If you guys... Okay, you guys obviously can't see this, but uh, Joey pulled a Kermit out of thin air (laughs) to demonstrate these skills. But, anyway...
0: I am I am a prop comic, okay? That's, that, that
2: is all <laughs> you, I have. You say that as you pull a pipe out on an audio show.
3: <laughs> and now Joey has a pipe out of thin air, too. So he's just prepared for any scenario.
2: <laughs> anyway, we are back with, uh, with our Dark Knight conversation. We're here with our dude three this week, Andrew Gifford. And we just got done talking about Batman Begins. And um, now... We were talking about literally the other two movies, or the Dark Knight movies, because you know there's no Batman in these titles. The first one being, oh, go ahead.
3: It's it's weird how you know because the you know after Batman Begins, which was like a modest success, then The Dark Knight comes out and it's like a huge success. So Warner Brothers, some executive there is like, you gotta include the Dark Knight in the title.
1: <laughs> you gotta it should have been The Dark Knight, anyway. Knight
2: v Superman then it probably would have worked better (laughs) but um but yeah so we are of course talking about the 2008 um mega hit uh film the dark knight
3: which that year 2008 i would argue is the year the superhero like movie genre like boomed that's when it took off i think
2: i mean you got you got dark knight iron man of course, everyone like the most popular one everybody loves, The Incredible Hulk. Spirit.
0: <laughs> was the Spirit in 2008?
2: Was it 2008 the Spirit?
0: It was. I'm trying to remember cuz cuz Watchmen was 2009.
2: You know what? This uh, yes, it was 2008. Outside of The Dark Knight, the only other one I would mention outside of well, outside of Iron Man and Dark Knight that I'd mention is Hellboy 2 cuz I love Hellboy 2. Uh, Hellboy 2 is good. But The Dark Knight was obviously that that was that was the that was the big one for a lot of people. And um, it's very much a sequel, obviously, to Batman Begins. But because it has that title, it almost feels like its own entity. Not that it, it really like, does. distanced it... itself from Batman Begins, because obviously everything that happens in Batman Begins informs what happens in The Dark Knight, even just the fact the movie ends with the Joker card, which only really was there because that was in Batman Year One, which is what was the heavy basis for Batman Begins. But obviously it informed this one because... You know, obviously Joker being the more popular Batman villain they wanted him to be in it. But it does... It just really feels like its own bubble. Like its own movie in a lot of ways.
0: No, I was going to say, like, it was one of those weird things where, like, I had watched... You know, I watched Batman Begins and then seeing The Dark Knight. Like, The Dark Knight does, in a weird way, feel like a standalone movie. Because, like, you can't... Like, yeah, of course it connects with Batman Begins. Of course it's a sequel to Batman Begins. But... I feel like you could watch it independently of Batman Begins and still have a relatively like satisfying experience as far as like knowing the characters and all that stuff.
2: Batman's established. I mean, it does like if you do watch it on its own, it does have that whole "it's there's not enough Batman in it thing. But even then, I mean, it was teed up by Batman Begins anyway, but even then, like, I feel like Batman's in it just enough and as much of a focus as he needs to be for like the ensemble cast that they get to like make sense. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
3: Well, yeah. when you when More you bring fun. in the Joker, I think you can justify sort of sidelining Batman a little bit. You know,
2: he's he's the he's the straight man to to the Joker. He's always been the straight man. That's basically like the thing with this movie. Is this movie is all about because like the first movie is all about Batman establishing himself. You know, striking fear into the hearts of the 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 criminal. Uh, underworld, which is you know full of full of uh, you know the superstitious and the cowardly, as they say in the comics, and in this one, as Gordon says at the end of the f- first movie, you know escalation. You know, you know, we carried semi-automatics; they got automatics. We we wear Kevlar; they get armor-piercing rounds. You're a bat who jumps off rooftops. What do you think is going to be the follow-up to that? Turns out it's Heath Ledger.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, uh, a war war torn Ronald McDonald. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Buy my French fries. Up until the release of the Dark Knight, like honestly, I think even like two years prior, I had been keeping tabs on like all the news that would come out online.
2: When, like, well, when did you start your Facebook page for like the the MCU? Was that?
3: That, w- that was 2011, so it was way God. later.
2: Was that like when you were getting into that stuff, like into like the superhero movie news and stuff and wanting to like do something like that? Because I was thinking about that a little bit.
3: Honestly, I got into that stuff a few years before I ever even made a, a page for any mm-hmm. of the comic book movie stuff. So I re- still remember when the first image of Heath Ledger... As the Joker dropped on the face. Yeah. And everybody's mm. like, wow, th- this is so different. This is not what we expected.
2: And the way it happened, too. How did like, it happen? We got a t- the viral marketing, which I had no clue what the, what viral marketing was. Did, it, did either of you experience that at all? The viral marketing of this movie? No, I,
0: I remember people talking about it a lot. Like, you, like, the thing with this movie was you could not escape it. You could not escape the marketing.
2: Well... That was, I think, that was kind of like an ingenious thing about this, and that's why, like, if you go on the Blu-ray for The Dark Knight, they have these like six news stories from Gotham Tonight with Anthony Michael Hall's character. Those were all things that were part of the viral marketing to help build up the world of Batman and the story, and like specifically like Harvey Dent coming into play, the idea of the Joker or even Scarecrow or whoever was whoever was doing what in Gotham City. The whole uh, the whole viral marketing campaign was like people would play these games online or they would go out and do scavenger hunts and then it would lead them to possibly finding like an audio clip or like a first image or the trailer. And it, it made it very interactive, which I had never seen anything like that before. It was so strange. Like at Comic-Con that year or the year before when they were, you know, the big movie was The Dark Knight, um, they gave out these $1 bills that had Joker smiles on them. So like the black circle eyes and the big old red smile And then people at Comic-Con would have to go on the scavenger hunt while people at home or on, you know, device, like, I don't even know if they had like, you know, smartphones that sophisticated at the time, but, um, like someone at home with a laptop or something would have to like go through the clues and then it eventually either, I think it either led you to the first image of Heath Ledger or it led you to a trailer. And so like, I always think about that and I forget sometimes that they did that for this movie, which is insane.
3: And this was the first movie, I would say, to really use viral marketing in such a, like, significant way, I think.
2: Possibly. I, I think Seven used it, but even then, like, Seven was just, like, an original movie. Maybe, I don't know, but I know because this is a prominent, huge movie, they really implemented it. And uh, it worked. People were excited.
0: <sighs> yeah, like, I mean, there is there was so much going into this movie beforehand. Like, people really enjoyed Batman Begins once they, once they saw it, you know. The, the character of the Joker, of course, the unfortunate you know passing with what happened what happened with Heath Heath Ledger? May he rest in peace like I'll never forget like just it, it was just you could not escape it. This was like everybody wanted to see it and this was my first midnight screening of a, of a movie.
2: I think it's same for me too.
0: and I'll never forget it because my uncle was like, hey, do you want to see a midnight screening of the of new Batman movie? And my uncle's like' I said, a huge Batman fan. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. So it was like eighth grade. No, I was going into high school at that, at that time, but he was trying to like get tickets sold out, sold out, sold out, mm-hmm. sold out. And then we had to go to another theater, you know, it, it, like trying to get out of the parking lot out of that theater was like trying to get out like a football game. It yeah. was insane. <laughs> and I'll forget, like, that was the longest I ever waited for a concession. Like I wanted to get like a soda and I was like online staring at Heath Ledger, that famous iconic thing where he's like, like in the middle of the street, you know staring off and like staring at him for like 20 minutes like waiting for this thing and it was such a weird thing because every theater had like dark night dark night dark night dark night and one theater had like sex in the city i think two sex in the city I think that's what a i'm movie. going to <laughs> like, <laughs> That it was the one, it was like the one screen um you know it, it, yeah but it was like one of those things where it was like even before it came out it was iconic
3: when i saw the dark knight I saw it a few days after it released.
2: Which is probably the smarter option, honestly, (laughs) to to, to avoid the traffic. (laughs) So,
3: it ended up kind of working. So, me and my family, we lived in Florida for years. So, actually, um, my my experience seeing The Dark Knight was seeing uh, my relatives for the first time in, like, years. I got to see it with, like, my uncles and aunts and cousins that I hadn't seen in, in so long. So, for me, The Dark Knight, like, seeing that movie will always be a special experience. So, I figured I'd just put that out there. My
2: Mine, mine sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no. no.
1: Why did it I, suck? I tell,
2: th- I tell this story all the time because this is, like, the worst midnight... Arguably the worst midnight screening I ever went to. And it sucks because I love this movie so much. But um, it was me and my, my neighbors. And my neighbors were like my closest friends for a long time because, you know, we lived across the street from each other and so we would hang out periodically every summer. And this summer was significant because they knew I was a big comic book fan. They knew, uh, especially at that time, I was getting into comics. I'd probably, at that point, been well into comics. I think I was really getting into them, like, 2004-ish. And they knew that and they were so hyped for the movie that they wanted to know everything. So, like, they they would be like, so why is this? Or what's this? What's that? Who's this character? Like, they, like it was kind of nice that, you know, it's probably why I I'm Batmaned out half the time now because <laughs> I spent all that time just talking about Batman with them that now it's like it's cool. I'll talk about it but like I feel like I've spent a lot of time on it already.
0: but even then I still feel like out of people I know you're the Batman guy yeah
2: it's 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 it'll never escape me and I'm perfectly okay. I do that to myself. So I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's it's just it's so funny to think about.
3: I mean, it doesn't just stop at movies, cartoons. I mean, you're the comic book Batman guy too. I mean, you. No,
2: so I, so I will admit, out. I I have not followed Batman comics in a while, but I blame the pandemic for that.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but your midnight screening apparently was a disaster. According yes, according to you. C-
2: according to me eight times i've said so i don't even know (laughs) if
0: you're a
3: reliable source on that but whatever
2: (laughs) but anyway i heard about this
3: richard's like the joker where he like tells different stories to different people so (laughs) i went
2: to the movies i went with my father it was
1: awful (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I went with my friends and I actually painted my face to look like the Joker. So like I had like the white and like the black circles on my eyes and I didn't have like a outfit but I wore something purple and we went to the movie and we were, we're I'm like it, it's a crowded theater. I'm getting to know some of the people I'm sitting with. It's actually kind of nice, and I'm, I've, I'm here with all these different people. It's one of the few times I've actually gone with a large group of people to the movie because I typically like going by myself. And we're watching the movie, and I am so into it. I'm, I'm loving it. I, I'm, in, I'm on the edge of my seat. It's shocking me. It's surprising me. It's, some, it's doing things that superhero movies these days don't tend to do that much anymore, which is really sad. But it gets to this one point where it's the scene when Coleman Reese is is being threatened by the Joker that he's going to die. He's saying, people kill him or I'll blow up a hospital. And so now they're trying to figure out, you know, these law enforcement people who could possibly be, you know, the people guarding him who would kill him. And so we're at this scene where the Joker is talking to Harvey Dent and, like, sort of manipulating him. And then along with that, it's intercut with the scene where they're at the fork in the road, or not the fork in the road, the, the cross in the road or whatever. And we see Bruce Wayne at the end of the street in his Lamborghini. And we see uh, Commissioner Gordon, the cop who has someone in the hospital who is planning to kill Reese. And we see Reese. And then on the other side of the road, we see some random schmo who notices the truck and wants to run it over with his truck. This is a tension building moment. This is like, what's going to happen? Is Reese going to die? We don't know and then the film breaks.
3: Hans Zimmer's score adds so much to the tension and hysteria and yes. excitement of all that going on.
2: Which makes it so bad because we're so we're like this. And then it breaks. <laughs> if if you couldn't
0: see uh, R- Richard looked like he was about to leap out of his seat and go <laughs> headfirst in with his television. Um, I'm glad he did not do that for one cuz um, I don't I I don't think we need Tina
2: to go upstairs and see that. But anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> or Joey would have I'm sure Joey doesn't want to buy me a new TV either <laughs> not that he I'll would give need you to. my old one because I'm looking to upgrade my TV honestly
3: I'm just I'm thinking from the perspective of a listener who's just like you know listening and then they just hear Richard hit into a TV <laughs> Just like what was that <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: but but no like it broke right there and it really felt like like not I'm trying to think of an example that's not gross to like compare it to. <laughs> Actually, that makes me think of
0: um a uh, life of pi that happened to me, but it but it wasn't like film. It was like a digital projector where so it, like it sputtered. The file was corrupted and it was like insulated and like it stopped. So we had to go oh, no. haul our asses from the one theater to another already packed showing of Life of Pi, which is an incredible movie. If you ever get the opportunity to see it in 3D, it's
3: absolutely incredible in 3D.
0: But that's that's, ha- that's a whole that's other horrible. story. But yeah so, Gif- so I'm sorry. Yeah oh no. I
3: I I think I was just making some weird like hand gesture. I wasn't trying to talk. <laughs> no,
0: secretly <laughs> secretly guys what we really don't what we really don't know is that Gifford just doesn't want to hear me talk? So he's trying to go like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: move on, move on. The the feeling is mutual, okay.
0: What <laughs> you guys listening
3: don't see is throughout the entire thing they just see me making all these weird gestures and dances and movement.
1: <laughs> it's weird. L- we just want you to be involved.
0: It, 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 it's you know, listen. It's it's a da- it's a damn shame because Gifford Gifford would be great for a video podcast. Whereas myself, I have a face for radio.
2: <laughs> but anyway, film breaks. And it's broken for 30 minutes. So we're literally sitting there for 30 minutes wondering what's going on. And also... It's part of the movie. I gotta say this too. <laughs> this <the laughs> Oh, if that was part of the movie. Oh, I'd hate it so much. <laughs> but the, I gotta say, this poor girl who was wearing a Superman shirt. So already she's the enemy number one for everybody. For some reason. It's like you're wearing a Superman shirt. It's a big crime. Whatever. But this poor girl who um, was the only one to actively stand up to go it's apt she's wearing a superman shirt she's the only one to get up and walk out to like tell you know one of the ushers or something hey you know our film broke can you come and fix it whereas everybody else the moment she gets up she goes i'll check on it like she literally says i'm gonna go talk and everyone's like boo super like what are you doing she's trying to help us watch watch this movie stop it so oh, i don't know boys <laughs> uh. thankfully the movie played back 30 minutes later which honestly it was nice because we got to like r- relax a second and reflect on what we just watched and then get back into it and love it the rest of the time
3: superman girl was not the hero they they deserved but the hero no they needed.
2: it was the hero it was the hero they needed for sure but not the one they deserved not at all <laughs> superman girl if you're listening to this if you were there i apologize for everybody
0: but the whole thing you were t- you're talking about escalation you know yeah but also like Gotham we we said in the, you said in the first half very well that Gotham is like a character mm-hmm. but Gotham feels like it has changed quite a bit since we last saw it in 2005
2: <laughs> and t- <laughs> for one it's it's light out more often you know sunnier <laughs> it's brighter um but no like it it's Like, when we first see Gotham City in this movie, it's very much because of the efforts of Batman, but also the efforts of uh, Jim Gordon, and eventually the efforts of Harvey Dent. You know, these three noble characters who are essentially our three guides through this movie and through this story, they effectively rid Gotham City of, like, organized crime. In some unorthodox but legal and workable ways, organized crime is more or less off the streets. And they're afraid. Like, they're afraid of Batman, they're afraid of Dent. Like people are actually, especially through the inspiration of Batman. You can even argue Harvey Dent might have even had inspiration there because, you know, whenever he talks about Batman, he talks about him with contempt and with you know sort of respect. Like you know Gotham's like that scene at the when they're having the dinner. Like Gotham said he's proud of an ordinary citizen who's standing up for what's right because they never had that before. Some guy said I'm gonna fight for the city. I'm gonna fight for the people, and he did. Which, again, is still a fantasy, because he's a billionaire, but that's besides the point.
3: <laughs> um, a politician with noble cause? <laughs> what is what is with all this stuff that doesn't make sense?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, and, and, and then, like, you know, I was listening to a review about the Dark Knight, and everybody called, like, Harvey Two-Face, and I'm like, hold up, hold <laughs> up a second. I, is he, like, a duplicitous guy before <laughs> he becomes Two-Face? Or they just say oh, he's, uh, Tarvey Two Face because it's in the comics, and I'm like, it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a good point, though. I have thought about that before. It's like nothing up to this point before he becomes Two Face does he seem like a Two-Faced guy like, at all? Like, <laughs> like, like,
0: like, do they see him like, like putting like some type of restorative lotion on his face before <laughs> he goes to sleep, like some people do, as like, oh, he's got Two Face, like. I don't get it. What what is it, Richard? Do you have an explanation for this other than like it's a comics thing? He has to be called he's Harvey Two Face.
2: I think that's just how they. they, I think it's just a a comics assuming thing because like because here's the thing, Two Face. Are we talking? Are we just going to focus on Two Face for for now? I guess so. Okay, because it's got to that point. I'm sorry, i derailed the conversation. (laughs) No, but it's it's apt because here's the thing. Like Gordon and Batman were essentially the big characters that we were introduced to in the first movie, just like in Batman Year One, the comic. You know, those are the two characters that we meet. The third the third story, like, with this in Dark Knight, and obviously the story, it's heavily based on the long Halloween, we're introduced to Harvey Dent, who's a very important character, and that now they have this sort of trifecta, this perfect triangle of people to possibly come up and, you know, take down the criminal underworld and everything. Um, in the comics, and in some in some comics, and, like, in the animated show specifically, I think Two-Face they sort of gave him like the sort of uh dissociative identity disorder where like right. he he has like that other personality yeah. but yeah, yeah
0: yeah i remember the cartoon yeah
2: but in in the movie they play it they play it that it's something that 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 is happens through him being corrupted you know like and it's kind of like that in the in the long halloween it's but it's but they still play more with like the 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 dual personality thing like he gets a second personality because there's a lot of things he's dealing with like like the 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 holiday killer for one and his wife um being sort of like distant from him and like their relationship sort of crumbling by the way on that note they actually just adapted the long halloween into a two part animated movie it's actually very good just to throw that out there you should check it out but yeah but as far as like w- them calling him Two-Faced, like is, if that's the question, it's not there until he's corrupted thro- because of the Joker. The Joker turns him into Two-Face in this movie. No,
0: right? Yeah, it, it's just like it's just a weird like because it would make sense if it was like like in the animated series. I remember like the the great the, those two the Two-Face episodes were so good where they yeah you know you, you see how he's like a, such a tortured character you know um but in this he's like like Aaron Eckhart plays him is like. He is like noble uh, clefchin Mick
2: Goodboy. He is literally like he's like if Superman was a politician.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, basically. like yeah. the the scene when uh, when Harvey has that cop hostage. You know, polka dot man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he. Uh, you know, David I Dismalchen, always, I love you. My interpretation of that scene was always that they're always, in my opinion, always seemed like something was a little off. With, with harvey in that scene like something repressed that he wasn't showing mm-hmm. before so i always kind of just saw that as like a hint of like oh maybe like in his childhood something was what i think what i
2: think that was just from my own interpretation is that we have you know the joker as a character is is meant to like be this manipulating machine where he he again is that new class of criminal and so he's going through and he's he's a he's a type of criminal that that none of these people are used to. Gordon, Batman, Dent, they're not used to this kind of guy. And they're all sort of dealing with it in their own way. I mean, obviously, Gordon deals with it. Like, I think Gordon is the most level-headed of the three, admittedly. And he, like, he, he pulls some moves, obviously, to try and, you know, like, he fakes his own death, but he still, like, is himself. You know, he's not really all that corrupted. Batman he's hit hard and as we see in dark Knight rises he's very hit hard um and then with dent he's the one of the three that really falls victim to it because he can't handle it yeah and so especially when he thinks gordon's dead the first his first instinct maybe through anger is to take out this guy and interrogate him with you know, the way that he does. Like, again, I think that it also comes from that inspiration with Batman, because, again, I think he has honor and respect for Batman. And then he thinks he's doing something he thinks maybe Batman might do by interrogating him in a in a arguably unlawful way. But then Batman comes in and
3: says, what are you doing? He's a decent man and in indecent times.
2: <laughs> but, but Aaron Eckert is so good. He gets he gets sort of under underappreciated with this one. Which is understandable, but still, he's so good in it.
0: He is fantastic. Um, you know, when he when he's Harvey Dent, and when he when he's Two Face, and Two Face is like my favorite. Like I would say, probably my favorite Batman villain just as a whole. And I think he does a really good job with the. And like, because you would have thought, like, you know, okay, this like if this was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mold of things, it would take five films for him to become Harvey Dent. (laughs) Where <laughs> it'll take a movie and a half to get to Harvey, a movie and a TV show. But in this, it's a two and a half hour movie, so you're able to really explore these characters, and it's
2: believable that he become this character. And you know what? They're, they put no indication whatsoever that he would be Two Face. I feel like modern modern marketing would have said, they would have hinted that he could possibly be Two Face. It's just Harvey Dent shows up, and at no point outside of you know Tommy Lee Jones, like at no point, it made me think of. Billy D. Williams in the first movie, because he's just Harvey Dent. He doesn't get... Sadly, he never got to become Two-Face until he was a Lego.
3: Well, you know, (laughs) something I love about, you know, how they handle Harvey's, you know, storyline is, honestly, they kind of just treat him as if he's just Harvey throughout the movie. Like, even Mm -hmm. at the end when he's Two-Face, they don't really make it a big deal that he's Two-Face now, really.
2: Like, they they don't (laughs) even call him Two... They call him Harvey Dent, because... Like, they want him to be, they they want to pull him back from the corruption, but he's already, like, well gone at that point. Joker already finished the job. You know, he stuck the knife in, as Talia al Ghul would say, and, uh, you know, he, he finished it. He was done.
1: Rachel!
3: Rachel! <laughs> I always loved it when he's just like, oh! Rachel! <laughs>
0: Um, we have Maggie Gyllenhaal here as um, the character. Giver just
1: uh, <laughs> mentioned. Yes, Maggie it's, it's Gyllenhaal,
0: beautiful. Um, Aaron Eckhart impression, by the way. Maggie Gyllenhaal is Rachel. Um, who was it was good in this movie.
2: Yeah, no, I, I thought I think she really fit the bill really well playing a character like that. Um, I believed her chemistry very well with Aaron Eckhart, probably probably more so than with Christian Bale. But that's just a little nitpick on my end. Um, but I thought she held her own really well I was it is kind of like you it, know it, it'll always be somewhat of a bummer if like the original actor doesn't like progress through like the rest of the movies obviously but sometimes they do find someone else who works just as well if not better and I think Maggie Gyllenhaal fit that bill um though I also I, I've never really if I'm just being honest I never really cared for Rachel Dawes all that much I mean I think she serves the story well um but there was never really like she's just kind of there sometimes. Like she has her scenes, but she's not. She's never like been a prominent player necessarily. I guess in my brain, I don't know.
0: And you know what? Like I, I feel like never gets talked about enough is that they blow, they blow the um, they blow up the love interest. They they
2: they full on kill her.
0: Like like it, it is like I feel like that like if that if Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan, listen Christopher Nolan can get away with a lot of things. If he did that today with today's co- I don't think he'd be able to get a- get away with that. I think the movie would be like it would be successful but the movie would be savaged online. Mm-hmm. I feel like
2: No, I I 100% agree with that. Especially if like it was like Vicky Vale or something or like one of the, like or Julie Madison or one of those characters. But not even be not even because like it's it was like a character or whatever but because
0: like that's like the one female character of of no- <laughs> of note no- in, in this thing. That's very true as well. And you blow her the only other one I can think of is is, is Gordon's wife. Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know her name's Barbara. Uh, that, <laughs> and and she's mad. She cries every so, time
3: I you know. On the yeah. subject of Gordon's family, I just I always thought it was amusing how fanboys online got pissed off that Barbara Gordon wasn't in there, like Batgirl. Like why doesn't he have a daughter?
2: <laughs> well, as as we know First off, as we know, sidekicks uh, are not a thing <laughs> in
3: the Nolan movies. In the Nolan no. universe.
2: In the Nolanverse, sidekicks mean nothing. <laughs> um, but I will say I did like Maggie Gyllenhaal. I guess it's just the character of Rachel Dodd's I was never like fully in love with, but no, I thought fair. she was good in the movie. No, that's fair. Absolutely. And it was it, it was by far one of the most shocking things that they killed her. Mm-hmm. Like, So I cared enough about her... That when she died, I was sad about it. And obviously, you know, that was a huge moment for all of the characters. Specifically for for Batman and for uh, Harvey, because they both loved her. It's such a big turning point in the movie. And then to top it all off, you know, she picks Dent. <laughs> she doesn't want to be with Batman, which is logical. It makes It makes sense.
3: Alfred just hides that away. Like, he burns I, he that. He burns know. that
2: note. No,
0: but I, I also think about too that that whole scene is so tense, like because the Joker gives like he has the two addresses, and he and, switches them, and he switches them. That I, I, I was like, that was, so, and that's still such like a mind bleep, like to me, like I am
2: like, oh my god. <laughs> On that note, I know we mentioned him, but we have. To to spend a moment talking about Heath Ledger's Joker. I think we're going to have to spend
0: more than a few moments because... because, uh, Listen, like... I'm sorry to end but like... Go ahead. This this movie, it's a great movie. I think we all agree on that. But it would not be half the movie it is if it weren't for this performance. This one performance
2: changed so much. The character... Like, the Joker became this character that like like obviously the the fans love that character he's always considered the arch nemesis of batman like the the top tier whatever but this if it wasn't for this movie the character wouldn't have become as popular as he became you know like i still remember people like years later whenever they would talk about how much they love joker my brain going oh like like this comic this comic they'd be going why so serious because of the movie and admittedly i'd be like Uh (laughs) uh-huh but i would i would be like okay i'd be like yeah cool
3: (laughs) i think some of what makes ledger's joker work so well isn't just his performance it's the way nolan directs the movie and presents him as like this force that sort of crashes into the movie like the shark in jaws at various points
2: even the music is like that too the music oh my god build it
0: really puts you it really puts you on edge um anytime that you hear that music or whenever he's in a scene you know i, I think about of course like how about a magic trick and <laughs>
2: what an intro by the way what like, a freaking intro P- that pg-13 Vi-
0: like pg for pg-13 violence n- it's very effective just with implication and just the way he describes things like people talk about like oh you want to see something because it's a movie but listen heath is like settle down kids I'm gonna describe this thing, and unless like I'm gonna describe it, like when he talks about
2: like his origin, various origin stories, which is such an ingenious way to, because imp- like obviously one of the big things about the Joker is you don't know his origin story, you know, that's always been a huge thing that people loved about that character, and um, obviously the question, like the one thing we always knew in the comics was that he was this guy. Who was wearing uh, this big old red dome on his head and a and a maitre D outfit and a cape? He, you know, it, he encountered Batman, fell into a vat of chemicals, and his face was bleached. His his hair was turned white. His face was elongated, and he went crazy. Possibly, um, there's been various interpretations. You know, the '89 Batman movie had it. Obviously, Arthur Fleck. Um, but the the mysterious aspect um, was so well done with this movie and that he would tell these multiple stories and people that didn't know that about that character would be like, which one's the true one? And it's like, it might, it might be none of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it might,
2: it literally be none of them.
3: And what makes him even scarier is how like, okay, maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's not, but you know, just the idea that this is an actual dude that yeah, this guy is this real point. That's reached this point where he wears this clown makeup.
2: And, and his imagination like, well, oh, on those but, stories. <laughs> but also, like, when when people when people call him crazy, he's like,
0: I'm not.
2: I'm not. I am not. I actually just, because I'm watching The Dark Knight, by the way, as we're talking about it. I got to that. That, that scene happened a little bit ago. And I'm you know not.
0: what? Like, because there's a lot of stuff. I don't want to say, like, it's hard when you say, like, the stuff that a villain says makes sense. But there's some parts where, like, the Joker talk, and you're like, you know... I could see why people would think that way and in some yeah. ways he's proven right in certain instances <laughs> in this movie.
3: I think that's what makes him so scary is it's like yeah he's kind of crazy but then he makes certain points that I'm like yeah and like he's like calculated. the whole like the
2: whole bit in the interrogation scene he's when kind he, of smart like like that whole scene like you can't help but sort of agree with what he's saying and it happens in the next movie like when they don't need you yeah out.
0: But but also just like it's just a nice juxtaposition. Like, you know, Batman has all the resources, has the strength, has the kung fu moves, and Heath Ledger does is, nothing. Heath Ledger is effectively Ro- Ronald McDonald with war paint. <laughs> and is able to be like like you have nothing to threaten me with nothing to do with all your strength and it was always such a line that was always oh, like
3: a, a man part that always got me is after he says that and batman keeps oh wait guys him. hold on <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> That's the dead batman just the hit dead
0: the window batman is the best oh but you know what the scary one of the scariest scenes in the movie for me because this is obviously a movie that was made post 9-11 so and the war on terror, and we we're still in the Bush administration when this movie was released. Yeah, um I think about like where he has like the one dude dressed up as Batman, and he's like the the like the shaky cam footage, and he's, like, which Heath
2: f- made all himself.
3: Nolan just let Heath Ledger just go make these little like home videos, and they were effective enough. Me. And like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, it, and it just puts
0: you on the edge of your seat because again, he's such an unpredictable character. Like- Like what's happening?
3: (laughs) Jokers laugh in the movie. Like I love that it's it's almost like Heath Ledger used hyenas as the basis for his laugh. The way he sounds, he sounds like a hyena. And it just like makes me so unnerved.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. There's so many like there's so many iconic moments with his performance too. Just like a lot of the a lot of the story. Uh, for the Joker is taken from that first Batman issue from 1940 which is such a great introduction for that character because again it's always that sort of unnerving feeling that one day possibly like you could be watching TV and then some someone a, a terrorist or or a criminal someone will like pop up on your TV and threaten the world or something like I don't know like it's I've seen, I watched videos about this not that long ago, and it's like unnerved me a little bit, like the Max Headroom thing. Look up the Max Headroom thing, and it's not like a criminal doing it, but it's creepy nonetheless. I know what you're um, talking about with that. Yeah, yeah. it's so creepy, <laughs> uh, but with um, with that story, it was essentially these people just sitting at home doing nothing, and they'd hear on the radio some ghoulish sounding man saying he was about to kill somebody, and then he would end it with, the Joker has spoken, and then so batman and and the police and everybody had to like try it and robin i think was even there and they all had to try to figure out when it was going to happen how it was going to happen and they couldn't and so it had to it effectively had to you know force batman to become a better hero to become better at his job because he was failing otherwise and i think the way that nolan implemented it in the film with uh with heath ledger and his amazing performance and all those little videos that he would send to the press or like the notes or the little jokes that he would do. It's just so good. It's so good. And it's so effective. Cause you, cause one thing you think about, or at least you know, I think about a lot with, with a lot of superhero movies, especially these days is there's not really stakes anymore. It feels like, and yet you're watching this movie and you have no clue if Batman's going to win. You assume he is because it's a Batman movie, but at the same time, because it's so well done, you don't know. And, and he freaking of, out. The he
0: loses. Like when you really think about it, he lost. Like he I don't, did. He,
2: like uh, you know, Harvey the... Dent was corrupt. He might have. He may have caught Joker, but still, Joker left his mark.
0: Jo- the Joker, you know, as Joker says, "is like gravity. All it takes is a little push."
3: <laughs> and the last time we ever saw him,
2: <laughs>
0: uh, left
3: such a huge influence. No.
2: That's, that's still like the saddest thing ever. Just, I still remember like, I was actually at the hospital when I found out that he passed away. I still remember um, hearing about it myself. Yeah. It's like my, uh, I think, I think my grandma was, was really ill at the time. And, um, I just remember laying on the couch, like in the, like one of the waiting rooms and just seeing the TV and then like being like, what? And it said Heath Ledger died or Heath Ledger, um, 28 passed away. It's it's insane, Joey. You are effectively the same age as Heath Ledger's when he passed away. It's
3: a lot of people over the years have taken it on themselves to try and say the Joker killed him. It's like from everything I've heard, Heath Ledger had a lot of fun playing the Joker. Like, it's it's a fictional. That's when, character. That's when
2: fan theory. That's when fan theories just go too far. I think. Yeah. You know. Like it's like I remember an interview where Christian Bale was asked about that, and he was actively upset about it. And I completely understand. I know he was sort of an angry man at that time, what with the, the Terminator Salvation thing. But even so, like, you're a- you're asking me if a fictional character harmed a coworker that I had a good time with and and loved working with, if that effectively like helped end his life. Like, no, yeah, you know, he had. It's it's just being blunt about it he had unfortunately what it seemed like a drug problem and it, and it it got the better of him.
3: Yeah. And by all accounts you know everyone that's that worked with him on the movie they all said he had a blast. You know, he he yeah. had so much fun and I think Heath Ledger has said that the Joker was the most fun he ever had working on a movie. Like in
2: in in like the last few interviews you can find of him when he was I think it was when he was promoting I'm Not There, the the Bob Dylan movie, he would he would say that the most fun he ever had playing a uh, role was playing the Joker.
3: I remember in that interview, he seems really, like, kind of jittery and stuff. Like, maybe something was up with him, but I don't think it was the Joker. It was real-life stuff going on. But again, like,
0: like, like you you never know with, with people. I rem- I'll never forget yeah. um, with, with with Chadwick Boseman, when people saw pictures of him, and they saw... Yeah. And people e- assumed he was either on drugs or was preparing for a role, and then, unfortunately... What happened, you know, with cancer happened to happen to him. Um, but needless to stay like Heath Ledger, like that performance, it has outlived like the movie and is like, I mean, again, it deservedly won the Oscar. You know,
2: yeah. Like, and to anyone that says, and I'll say this to anyone that says he only won because he passed away, I hate you. And I honestly,
3: just I mean, it's a big deal that they even he got a nomination alone, right?
2: I mean that's the f- that's the first major to my knowledge comic book character to be nominated in like a major category like that.
3: It's like yeah. they could have just nominated and him and that could have been enough just to be able to say like yeah, we acknowledged him, but they gave him the award. But,
0: so But the thing is like he is so crucial to that movie. You can't have the movie without him and like that's that's that that performance is effectively the movie like it, just the costume design the character everything about it it's one of those things where so i'm, sure, that, I'm oh. sure
2: i'm sure sorry this is one of my favorite intros of him when he's in the elevator oh, and he comes yeah. into the party uh again in case you're just not listening i'm watching the dark knight as we're talking
0: but but with it with that with that i'm sure there were a lot of young people who watched the dark knight and were like i want to become an actor because of Heath Ledger's performance.
2: I wouldn't be surprised at all, if that if that is the case.
0: Like, because there are people who talk about, like, oh, I got into filmmaking because of X, Y, and Z, but I think, I'm I'm pretty sure The Dark Knight's one of those movies where it's, like, people watch this, and they're like, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life.
2: Outside of just Heath Ledger, and, like, obviously, you know, may he rest in peace as well, just to end that, but uh, I feel like we talked about this a little bit with Avatar, because, obviously, The Dark Knight became sort of this entity in and of itself that it's, for many people... As as we have uh, said in the last episode, the Godfather of comic book movies, mm-hmm. and there, the, I think the comparison in some ways is apt, in like in like an actual narrative sense, and especially um, given that this is an adaptation of the Long Halloween, which took a lot of inspiration from the Godfather, but in in this, but in, in that, in making that comparison, it's basically saying for so many people, this is the greatest comic book movie of all time. Yeah, like one of the greatest of its genre, and I think even to this day, it's uh, influenced so many things, good and bad. You know, I think I, so many different things, but also because it's become so popular and so beloved. Like we were talking about with Avatar, there's this disdain for it because all because all people could talk about is the Dark Knight, or all people could talk about is that, and even to the point where you know there is some legitimacy to it because people like Warner brothers and DC have actively put Batman out there in everything now because of the popularity. So like we got great, we got, and a lot of it is great too. Like we got the Arkham games, which are great, which came out after the dark Knight. We got, uh, like new animated movies, uh, all types of different things, an animated show, like they went ham. So the, so the proliferation I think is also what added to it. But I do think that, because of the popularity there was a disdain that grew for the movie and it kind of sucks when that happens i think because i think i think it, it, it get, especially i think for a lot of people it gets to a point where they just hate on it simply because it's popular mm. and i mean i i call myself on on that as well because i've 100 done that right like yeah same. something's popular like I hate this, but like, I think about that concept now and I, I, I think I loathe it so much because it's so not fair to like, especially if the movie is legitimately good, like, especially in that case, like, or even if it's something that you don't like, like, I don't particularly care for Twilight, but it was one of the most popular movies when it came out, one of the most popular things, but I'm not going out of my way to shit on Twilight because I didn't care for it. You know what I think part of the problem is, is that it was
0: a movie, like, as I said, it was instantly iconic, and when a movie grabs a hold of the public like that, it be- it already becomes a classic, and people sometimes have a hesitancy to label something as a classic so soon. Like, that's why, I mean, like, it. this movie was recently selected as part of the National Film Registry for America, deservedly so, by the way, it should definitely be there, but i think people when people hear something so new is labeled as a classic people get
3: like really really like that that's that what it is so weird to think like the dark knight is a classic you could call inception it's definitely a classic. that now <laughs> like it's old <laughs> enough to be called that and it's so weird
0: <laughs> well, like i guarantee you like the american film institute hasn't done like a top 10 a top 100 list in a long time for like American films. But I'm sure if they had to do another list in the next couple years. I'm sure The Dark Knight would make that list. Not necessarily I think it, it is because it is the greatest movie. Because it, it, for a lot of people it is. But also just the influence and the impact of that movie was so great at the time it was released. People still quote it. People still go why so serious. People still go like oh the, the, the big one for people is like you either die a hero. Or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. That's the big yeah. one. Or like you want to know where I got these scars like there's some there's so
2: many lines so many things in this movie so many lines similar too with avatar which I I know I bring that but I feel like that's another prime example of something like that but uh um a big thing with the dark knight is that it's one of those movies that yeah maybe you have that animosity towards it maybe a little bit but then you watch it and it's a reminder of why it's so good
3: yes yeah Take The Dark Knight and then compare it to any of the things with Batman that have come out since, and you can see what is clearly the better movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: like, I listen, All all the best wishes to Ben Affleck. I'll just say that. Like, he is the best part of that one movie that we've mentioned more than once now. But even so, like if I'm watching a Batman movie between like any of the other modern ones, maybe outside of Lego Batman, which I love to death, I would probably watch The Dark Knight first and foremost every time. As far as modern ones are concerned,
0: it, it's such an engrossing movie. Like you know, it's not even like my favorite like Batman movie, um, but like I can't look away whenever I'm watching. It's such
2: a it's such yeah. a compelling movie. It's hard right now because it's playing. <laughs>
3: i'm You're talking, trying like, to look guys, over at it <laughs> I'm
2: like I'm like what's happening oh the joker or oh the the ruby bit i love the ruby bit when he's like some men just want to watch the world burn oh i wanted to ask sorry get, i just want to ask real quick what was
0: the one lucius thing that richard that you were talking about that was your favorite thing for this movie
1: oh
2: so coleman reese right he's this sort of like the he's like the money guy and um he somehow figured out by finding the papers that uh that bruce wayne and batman are the same guy because he found the blueprints for the tumblr in uh, the rd department which they thought they buried but of course reese went digging and so reese is like going up to lucius fox and he goes i want 10 million dollars a year for the rest of my life and then i love this i love this response so much it's one of my favorite things he just goes up to him and he's like so let me get this straight you think that your client one of the wealthiest most powerful men in the world is secretly a vigilante who spends his nights beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands and your plan <laughs> is to blackmail this person and then there's this pause <laughs> and then you see his face just clearly shut down like this is a
3: bad idea and he just goes good luck <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a great moment. Sorry, give I hated
0: to interrupt. I just needed to make sure we got yeah, that in I mean, there.
3: You're fine. Yes. No, actually, now that Richard just brought up Coleman Reese, I remember how back when this movie came out, people were obsessed with speculating that Miss, Mr. Reese might be mean Mr. Reese, like the Riddler.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. People oh, my God. Like I totally forgot about that. And not only oh that. Oh, my God. People
3: were so, de- like, so, like, you know overexcited when anthony michael hall was cast people thought he would turn out to be the riddler because his last name is angle and everyone was like en- oh. enigma enigma i'm like dude <laughs> you're reaching right now uh, are you are you mr
0: fantastic because that's a stretch <laughs> oh there's there's so much with, with this movie like every like, oh the, I, I, the, I, by the way the coleman reese
1: bit is happening. <laughs>
0: Michael Caine. Michael My, oh, Caine gives
3: such an amazing performance in this movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, as Alfred. He's like, so good. He's really, like, the anchor that keeps Bruce, like...
2: I like the. I did bloody tell you. <laughs> I suppose they're going to lock me up as well as your accomplice. Accomplice, I'm going to tell them the whole thing was your idea.
1: <laughs> you really, you know,
3: honestly, you really feel for Alfred having to watch Bruce, like, go through all this stuff in the movie. Thank you. hmm I just love his reaction, like Alfred's face when he sees the Joker on the TV. He's like, "What?"
2: Like when he sees him in person. Yeah. Like it's brief, but like you could you could tell he's like, I like, think you like don't Lucane like he doesn't know how to react.
3: Said that was like a genuine reaction because I think he, mm-hmm. like I could be mistaken here, but I swear I read that like in real life that was his first time seeing Heath Ledger in the, in mm-hmm. the costume and the makeup.
2: Yeah,
0: and he
3: was just like, "Yeah," because I remember. <laughs> am I looking I think at I
2: think... Michael Caine told that story?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, Cause I remember hearing something like, like he was supposed to, there was supposed to be something else that was supposed to happen there. But that is such, it's like, it's like thinking about the Lon Chaney Phantom of the opera when Mary Philbin first saw the makeup, like that's her genuine reaction. Like is just sheer terror. It's, you it's know? horrifying. Um, and sometimes that genuine reaction is like, is really what you, what you need but, for, you know, but like with this,
2: movies. with this movie, um, I think this is going to be a wrap up. I think so. I think it's about time to move on. But um, I think so too. Obviously, like we talked about, like the Joker effectively did his job. You know, you can you can say you know one thing or another. You can say, well, you know, Batman was able to do this so that now people don't have to see Harvey Dent a certain way, and Gotham doesn't have to fall into turmoil or whatever. Point is, the Joker left his mark to the point where he killed people. He changed people. He manipulated people. Um, he created a whole other villain, essentially, with Harvey Dent uh, becoming Two Face. Um, but I think you really see the ramifications when we get to the third movie, especially with Batman being basically becoming a, a miser, essentially. Um, but uh, and that movie is, of course, The Dark Knight Rises, and this is this is arguably the one of the more um, is arguably the the more sort of mixed reaction movie amongst the three. Like, that's the one, like, people have, like, ups and downs with.
3: Well, you know, The Dark Knight Rises, I think, suffered a little bit from, you know, it wasn't, the story they ultimately went with wasn't what they envisioned the sequel to The Dark Knight being, you know? Right. Like, if things had played out differently, like with Heath Ledger. if
2: it, If we didn't lose someone, yeah.
3: It would have been a very different movie.
2: Yeah, because like I also think too, because like if they didn't kill Two Face, he could have shown up again in in this one. Um, but obviously, you know, you can't control l- real life, and things will happen um, as time goes on. So obviously, but also, also I want to say too, third movies
0: in a trilogy are hard mm-hmm. to pull off. I'd argue I've only seen, like, a handful of times, maybe three, where I think the third one might be the best or, like, is a great, all-around great thing. Like, I think War for the Planet of the Apes is as good as you're going to get yeah. for, like, an end of a trilogy. I think that might be the best end of a trilogy I've ever seen. With this movie, it's so hard because, for a lot of people, The Dark Knight is their favorite movie. Yeah. You, I hate to... I know we said we'd talking about The Dark Knight, but, like, as we said, huge impact... So many people would probably say it's like their top three favorite movies, period. Not just like superhero movies, just movies, period. Yes. And this is the follow-up to that. There was four years in between those movies, you know, and a lot happened in those four years. We got the Avengers in 2012. That's the other thing, We got
2: the MCU officially. We got uh, the two dudes officially.
3: (laughs) That's actually a really good point. Like, the Dark Knight Rises came out at a time where the superhero movie landscape looked very differently from when batman like begins it was and it was Knight came out
2: really yeah it was really on the rise at that point like it was like the boom had started in 2012
3: i think that like on some level you know obviously it's christopher nolan so wb i don't think wanted to interfere with him too much
2: well the funny and the funny thing too is it should be noted that christopher nolan had no intention of making anything past batman begins the fact that he came back to even do a third one, which was such in high demand because of how much people love that one. It's, it's, so I, it's, to my, In my brain, it's always like, you know oh, you, know, you hated the third one? Well, you're the one that wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I, mean, I always
3: do kind of get that sense where I just get the vibe that Chris Nolan and the cast all just kind of felt like we kind of have an obligation to do this. Cause it's just so in demand. I saw this at a
0: midnight screening after like marathoning the other two at an AMC event. And you know, I, I was initially pretty hard on the movie. Like I still, uh, you know, I, I'm like, this feels like a spoof of what, like a sequel to, to the dark Knight would be. And I was a younger person. Then that was almost 10. The, that was almost that almost Joey 10 years was ago. weird. We don't like that. <laughs> that was a weird, that was a weird guy. Listen, listen is a weird dude. But anyway, like, it, it was just it, it. It was not like, and again, the Dark Knight wasn't like. It was a great movie for me, but it wasn't like my Impactful favorite movie ever. Like it was, as, yeah. yeah. So watching it, like I was watching with somebody who was a huge fan of like the last one, and I'm like, what is this? This is like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Al- Alfred's like saying like smoke them out. Bane sounds like a really silly cartoon character. Like it feels like something out of Super Friends, like not in a good way. This is this is dumb. But now I look at it and I'm like, considering the circumstances, and considering, like, the hype from the last one, and all that. I think they did a pretty good job with this one.
2: And I think that's a pretty app. I I feel like that all the time to some degree. Like with there's so many different movies over over time that I may have hated when I initially watched it, but then like years later. Because of like other movies that had come out or something, I re I rewatched it again and I'm like, that's not that's that's not that bad, honestly. It's not terrible necessarily. Um like, and with the Dark Knight, like well, with The Dark Knight Rises, I I mean I liked it when I first watched it, but I think a lot of that too came from just being a Batman fan and just being like like sort of blinded by the 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 train essentially of so many things. Because, um, I mean, years later, it's funny how it's sort of the opposite thing. Because I don't, I don't hate the movie by any means, and I've always been a defender of it. But at the same time, um, I definitely have seen flaws in it and found things that I'm like, well, you know, like this, eh, um or that, eh. But it's one of those movies that I, I'll appreciate for some of the choices it makes. Because it makes some bold choices. Um, it does things that I never, I don't, I don't, like, I don't think most other comic book movies would do, or most other superhero movies would do, or even a Batman movie. It gives Batman a happy ending. Nolan gave him a happy ending.
0: Which is funny to think about, because Disney couldn't even give a happy ending to its (laughs) biggest earner, (laughs) Iron Man.
3: They killed Iron Man, but Batman got a happy ending. (laughs) Look, Christopher Nolan is always ambitious, and he goes for the fences. So that's, like, over the years, I've, grown to appreciate this movie a lot more because like you guys said, they do things in the story that other comic book movies wouldn't do. Um, also, I mean, some of the sequences in it are on the same level, I think, are pretty close to Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. I mean, in some ways, I'd say... I mean, Dark Knight Rises still kind of tops them in some cer- certain senses. The spectacle factor, I think, is a big one for
0: this one. I
2: think it... Like, technically speaking, I think it has the best cinematography, <gasps> I would say.
3: I think story... Like, the story, I think it's the most... I think it's the least focused of the three. I think it's, it's overstuffed,
2: the, I think. I think it's but the most comic booky, y which maybe was a turn-off for some because they expect something so, like, quote-unquote, grounded, and yet here's this movie... Where you have a guy in in a like a weird like filter mask thing talking in a accent, yeah. Um, all of a sudden and... you
3: have like Darth Vader in the mix, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's it's just so it's it's maybe it's so shocking initially because you don't expect it from what you had gotten before. But you also have to remember what you got before was a, f- a horse with fire coming out of his nose at one point. Because of, you know, logistically fear toxin. But even so, we got weird nonsense in these movies. So it's not entirely illogical that we would get, you know, what we would get with this movie. But I think, you know, they got pretty ambitious with it. So I, got, I honestly respect that.
3: I do like how with Dark Knight Rises, they tie it more back into Batman Begins mm-hmm. as opposed to the Dark Knight. And I like how they tie up loose ends from Batman Begins with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ra's. Razel Ghul, and you know the League of Shadows.
2: I am the League of Shadows,
3: <laughs> and then I'm know, here to fulfill Raziel Ghul's destiny. Imagine being someone who thought Dark Knight Rises was the second movie, and then you're like, "What? what who's the League of Shadows? Why is Liam Neeson?"
2: What is happening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do also like. I think it's cool that like Harvey Dent, his death, and like figure, like the reveal of his corruption really has such an impact. Because they don't mention the Joker by name in this movie. No. I think he gets mentioned in the novelization.
2: He, I think, from what I've heard, he gets mi- mentioned, but I, I'm not sure.
0: Like, I thought he was, like, the one inmate left at Arkham. Something like that. Because they mention Blackgate a lot in, like, the later movies. But anyway, like the impact is there with the Joker, the Joker's deeds with the Joker's plans have set in motion. Like it worked.
2: Bane it's Bane himself is a representation of what Joker was talking about. You know, there was, you know, the storm is coming, you know, or as Bane obviously says, in the movie, the fire rises and Bane in a lot of ways, I think represents that threat essentially that the Joker would constantly talk about. Like, you know, when the chips are down and the civilized people, they'll eat each other. And, you know, Bane sort of proves Joker's theory in a lot of ways. And, um, but even, not even just that, like, you look at Bruce Wayne. You know, yeah, he, his leg is damaged, and his whole body is damaged, obviously, from being Batman for so long, but his leg specifically, because he fell off the building in Dark Knight, but, um, he's a shut-in. Rachel's dead. Um, Batman's labeled, uh you know numero uno public enemy number one and he has no purpose he's essentially dracula going in the coffin until he's needed again to you know drink blood
3: a big point of contention a lot of fans have with uh, bruce being a shut-in is how if i could be wrong but i believe batman begins and dark knight take place what a few months in between each other
2: and there's like like an eight-year gap between Rises and Dark Knight. So a
3: lot of people are like, so in this universe, he really wasn't Batman for very long.
2: No. (laughs) But I would also
0: also say too, if you're gonna, like, again, these movies take these things in a much more realistic approach than most other comic book movies where like, hypothetically, a character can like die and come back to life again on exploding like human planets and like get shot at by aliens for eons. But these movies like, Listen, if you really like think about it, if you did that to yourself as uh, for for a, a, even a short period of time as Bruce does, that's going to screw up your body like long-term, like big-time damage. He lost you know?
2: cartilage in his knees. He has scars all over his body. He can't Guess go hella skiing.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he can't go hella skiing. Damn it. <laughs> but, sorry. Uh, that part just makes me laugh. I like that part yeah but no you really see the impact of not only him being batman but one thing i always liked about these movies and i think that's one thing that the screenwriters and everyone involved sort of wanted from the jump is that they want you to care about bruce first and foremost oh gift changing his angles
3: (laughs) yeah you can't you guys listening can't see it but i'm just like hopping all over the place you know
2: (laughs) we just get a new angle every now and then. it's nice (laughs)
3: see gif in a whole new way i was gonna say i'm like the like, joker changing up, like you know the home videos <laughs> i
0: was thinking about the review where it's just like you know oh uh, you, you you think you know all the cards but then the joker comes in you're like oh <laughs> i was gonna say he's like he's like the
2: he's like the gary oldman of angles he's a chameleon he does it all
3: somehow i change <laughs> my character every time i switch the uh <laughs> this like is like a whole
2: new He went from uh jim gordon to lieutenant gordon not your Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> um. but but also I I think too I like even if like
0: people have the problem with like the yo know he was only Batman for X amount of time or whatever I do like the idea of like Bruce you know it, like, like the movie like in the other movies he he was like Batman in his youth and you see Batman at his prime where he was that unstopp it was that unstoppable force mm-hmm. but now you know now he has to as to Hypothetically speaking, you would have to do things in a more intelligent way, yeah, than just beating people than just beating people up. You know, before he could just do things by force,
2: he has to think before he moves. Yeah,
0: it's the th- and not even just that, but like I love like the scene like where where he first fights Bane. You know, and he tries he's trying to do not hold back. So good, I love that scene. Okay,
3: I love how there's no music. You feel the and- blows, all the hits, because there's no music.
2: <laughs> and also just the fact that it's lit top down like an arena. So they're inside this like and everybody's watching. You got Catwoman watching, you got the goons, the League of Shadows watching and you just got Bane Batman trying his hardest to take Bane out and Bane just not being phased by anything. Even even him pulling out tricks
3: another great example of how like in a movie that maybe isn't as good as its predecessors like nolan still finds ways to be find some put some genius in there
2: <laughs> the fact that he had the spine to to in a, in a quote-unquote realistic comic book movie to have batman hoisted up <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like he was nothing by bane which like again in any other movie might make more sense, but the fact that he still did it and then dropped him on his knee, like, I still remember that scene in the in the theater just going,
1: <gasps> then
2: it just went, boom! and again, for P- for PG-13,
0: like, violence, you know, the way the, it's presented and, like, the
3: tone and all that, it's pretty grim. It's so <laughs> grim. When he breaks the mask, too. Oh, my God, yeah. that's a gr- That was uh. a brilliant touch they added on there. Well, imagine from the perspective of someone who's a casual fan, who isn't familiar with Bane, how much like you wouldn't expect the backbreaking scene or him like, you know, hoisting them, hoisting him down. I'm going to, I'm going to one up that
0: with, uh, what if you're a child watching this? I know I brought that up earlier with, um, with these movies, like Batman begins. I'm not saying I would take a toddler to see it, but I think I, I, you
2: could take 11, 10 year old
0: 11. Yeah. You could, and they'll, they'll be fine. It's like, oh, it's a little intense here and there, but it's fine. These movies, because I think a lot of the thematic stuff is so much more adult. Quote Marty, like, man, this is heavy. It, <laughs> There's it, that it, word again.
2: Heavy. It, <laughs> it's a
0: hard, like, and again, I think that's what shaped part of my perception of this was, I saw this at a midnight screening. And that is not the time to watch this movie when you've watched five hours of other, like, movies. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's mostly it's mostly just Bruce going, Aah! Ah! Ah!
1: <laughs> no! <laughs> no!
0: <laughs> and, and, and I'm not... Uh, and Christian Bale's excellent in this movie. I think, like...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think... Other, I, I love him Batman Begins the most, but, like, this is, like, my second favorite of his performances. This, yeah. But that, that's, a lot of the movie is just him in pain. So it's a hard thing to sit through. It's not, like, an exciting, like, oh, bo-, I, I imagine if I saw Star Wars Midnight, it'd be a different... Like, yeah! Let's go! <laughs>
1: woohoo, hoo <laughs> <laughs>
0: wings <laughs> Yeah! This movie, it's like, depression! Oh! She stabbed him in the OH I broken. He jumped and I feel like he shouldn't have lived through that, but he's still alive. This almost even worse.
3: He's the rope didn't do anything. What? You know, it's funny, <laughs> Like this is actually a really good point though too, because I feel like, you know, how serious like the Nolan movies could be almost ended up clashing with sort of what people started to expect from comic book movies. You know? <laughs> cuz no yeah like a, bit, a lot yeah. of it was just people's expectations i think like ruin their experience with this movie when objectively it's a, it's actually quite good it's just not what anyone expected
2: and i know we sort of mentioned it but we do need cuz like obviously the big villain of this one is tom hardy as bane which the first i, I hate that this is the first thing i got to bring up but he's white bane is Partly white in the comics,
3: (laughs) and he's Latina. (laughs) Dave batista has to play Bane at some point.
2: (laughs) That, or you know what? For the longest time, maybe not now because he's older. But I would have loved to see, like, um, Like Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem would be a great Bane, or even a he would be a great Mister Freeze too. But that's Javier Bardem would just be a great Batman villain. That's beside the point. Um, but, but yeah, so just from that perspective I mean of the two banes the two white banes that we got
3: Jeep Swenson movie. is the best bane <laughs>
0: There was a period of time where I think I would have agreed with you because I think when I saw this movie I'm like this is this is bad like I thought it was like and I still don't love I'm still not in love with this character
1: mm-hmm. I
0: really just do not care for Bane in this movie
2: that's fair that's fair the the dubbing is it's just so silly that's the the funny thing about that is that i think i honestly think they intentionally did that because like they released the prologue in front of a movie like, because they did that with the dark knight with the joker bank robbery scene and so they wanted to give people a tease by showing them the whole opening prologue scene with bane and the biggest criticism is that no one could understand what tom hardy was saying because because right. his yeah. mouth was covered and he was doing an accent. So combine those two things and, you know, no one knows what he's saying. So um, people kept saying, you got to dub it, you got to dub it. And Nolan was actively fighting against that, saying, I'm not going to dub it. Then the movie comes out and the first thing you hear is, Oh, perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man, of all throwing him out of a plane. I thought about like the one guy from
0: Pirates of the Caribbean uh, at World's End. And so... We should we shall go the wall. <laughs> I, I thought it was like that, but it, it was also just like, uh, it was a fun voice to impersonate. Like I love oh, yeah. just doing random Bane. Like when I did, oh, um,
2: just doing this is fun. Oh, you
0: know, oh, you barely adopted the doc. I was born in it. And then it's, I used to do it's, like, it's, you uh, just got like like to do like Sean Connery. Born... <laughs> I was going to sing born this way, but as Bane,
3: <laughs> I was born
0: this way. And, was... <laughs>
3: If we go with the theme of escalation that are in these movies, I mean, I suppose after The Dark Knight, the next logical step is bringing an actual comic book villain. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to think, of but like,
0: and it was the thing because I like Tom Hardy a lot. I remember when I watch watch that was Inception. I think was the first thing I remember seeing him in. Same. I I really really liked him in Inception, and I was like, oh, he's the villain. In this, and I was like, oh, he's the villain in this.
2: I, I will be the standout and say, I, even though I think it, it, it's a mis a miscast to a degree, what he does is silly at times, but I do like what he does. There are scenes that he's done that I very much, I love the necessary evil scene. I love this, the, the, obviously the, the, the big arena scene with Batman just getting laid out. I do think there's a genuine menace to to Bane and I do think that there is a genuine intimidation with Bane but at the same time like there is it's just a weird interpretation like it's like they're trying their hardest to to have Bane as a character who's you know uh, a guy born in a prison who is tactical but also has this like toxin that goes into his muscles to make him super strong for a short period of time. Um, but his ultimate goal is to to defeat Batman and you know best him essentially be better than Batman. Sure. And so I th- it was I can understand that there was some maybe animosity to try to figure out how to make that character work. I don't know if combining him with Raeshal Ghoul's sidekick Ubu was the right call, but. I will say, personally, w- w- for what Tom Hardy does with the role, I don't mind it as much as other people do. Um, I there's a lot that I do like about it. That being said, I can understand people's animosity towards it.
0: I like what he puts the hand on the shoulder. Like, I feel like that's like the best like single moment.
2: Like, like do you feel in charge? I've paid you a yeah. small fortune, and you think that gives you power over me?
0: Yeah. Like that. That's like for me. That's like, yep. That begins and ends right there.
3: That's it. That's the best. That's that's that's
2: that's the best. That's probably the best uh, dialogue scene he has, I think. Yeah, I agree.
3: I think Tom Hardy's Bane. I think there's so many ideas going on in this movie and so many different like storylines, so many ideas that are sort of clashing in some weird ways. I think that's Mm. what makes Tom Hardy's Bane like sort of stick out so much and almost like a weird contrast to other things going on in the movie. But objectively, I think right. it's mm-hmm. fine.
2: Yeah, I think I think he's fine, and I don't, and I don't even think he's far from the worst character because there's someone who's significantly more. Worse I know than, who you're thinking of. <laughs> <Alvin. laughs> than he is, and it's not even that. I think he, I, I, I'll just say this right now. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I have no animosity towards him. I have no beef towards him. It's just he perpetuates this weird, stupid ideal that Robin is bad, and the fact that he exists in this movie is a beacon of that and it upsets me the more i watch it cuz on paper i think john blake or robin john blake as we find out later in the movie is a good character but it would have been great if he was just robin
3: dick grayson like
2: dick grayson tim i don't even care if it was dick grayson it could be tim drake it could have been any of them he feels like a self insert
1: character
3: he does i wouldn't even be surprised if the end scene where he says robin is his middle name was a wb request well no like that was jonathan nolan that was intentional oh got you okay that was
2: that was 100 meant to be there because they they uh, they never planned to have robin in the movie and christian bale and i think nolan have actively said they would never put robin in the movies when he shows up obviously the first thing people think outside of maybe because he looks like heath ledger because i know we had that talk if that he could have that maybe he could have replaced Heath Ledger, but thank goodness he didn't. The The question was, obviously, is this Robin? Is he going to be Robin? And then, of course, the whole time, he's just this random schmo named John Blake, who, um, again, on paper is a well-written character, but it should have just been freaking Dick Grayson, because Dick Grayson becomes a police officer. He come, He's a detective later in the comics.
3: Dude, so the scene where he goes to visit Bruce Wayne, and he tells him, like, I saw that, your face. I, I that is one of like
2: <laughs> that is one of like three moments in the whole movie that feel like s- the the stretching of disbelief broke. I think that's my biggest
0: thing with this movie. Like the biggest problems I have with it are like at its worst, it feels like fan fiction.
3: Yeah, I agree. That scene yeah. just doesn't really work. It's just it's a lot to ask of someone to believe. It's,
2: <laughs> it's that I think it's that scene. The rope scene, which I think is mostly just a bad edit. I don't think there's really a problem with it. I think it's just such a startling thing to find out that fi- like we're already five months later with the rope scene, as opposed to, like, you know, you know what I mean? Mm. But, and then I think the third one was the callback to the coat a bit. Like, it's a nice scene, but, like, the fact that he has to call back to something from, like, dec- like almost decades ago... In order for Gordon to finally figure out Bruce
3: Wayne, <laughs> you know, I always thought like it would have been totally believable if Gordon didn't even understand the reference. <laughs> it's like, like, like what, what are you talking about? What? Oh, I, I like him as a kid. Like, like oh, I think yeah. I honestly, like, I honestly
2: think, and this is again, maybe it's just from the comics thing, but like, I always felt they should have just had Gordon know who he is, but not care, because that's how it kind of is in the comic. Like, everyone's always like, does Gordon know who Batman is? And I think. Gordon does know, but I just don't think he cares.
3: I always kind of got the, the impression in uh, The Dark Knight, you know, when Bruce, like, hits into that car and Gordon mm-hmm. sees him. I always kind of, like, in my head, I always like to assume Gordon maybe, like, put it together right there.
0: You know, the other thing is, too, like, with these movies, again, we talk about, like, Nolan and, like, relationships and humanity and... It it, it it does feel, like, silly, mostly because of, of Gary Oldman just saying, Bruce Wayne? But, like, I, again, with, like, a third movie, you need to wrap things up. And I feel like you need you need to have, like, a human moment. And I do, I, I like, personally, I like the call. It was one of the things I did like about it. Like, you know, acknowledging, like, yeah, wow, this this guy really helped, helped me in, like, my worst possible moment of my life.
3: You know what? Because Gary Oldman and Bale are such good actors, I think they sell it better than other actors could have.
2: They they do. I just think the line itself is so vague that he's just like, you know, putting a coat... Because like, you're, you're assuming Gordon didn't do that for others. Like, that Gordon never bothered... Like, it was the one kid he actually put a coat around his shoulders to comfort him, or the one kid he bothered to comfort. No, Gordon's not that much of a dick. Okay? Okay. <laughs>
3: And Gordon just did that with everyone and it was just like an
0: act. <laughs> or you know what though, I think it could still work because like listen, you got to figure like Gordon spent probably a good chunk of his life at this job thinking, "Man, what the hell am I doing? I'm just spinning my wheels every day." Good point. And somebody come acknowledges like, "Wow, maybe what I do actually makes some type of impact and makes some kind of like difference." In someone that's, like in a, that's in, a fair. in a way in a way that's not me arresting them or like somebody accusing me of police brutality or corruption or whatever.
2: That's that's fair. I just think that the way it could have been delivered better. I guess it, it could have been better written. I think. Yeah. I think they did deal. I think they did well enough on the delivery. It's just I think the what was on paper could have been better. That's my that's my problem with it. But besides beside that, beside that, um. That's probably my only real issues I have with the movie because overall I do enjoy it. If I'm being honest, it's a, I do think it's ambitious and I think that it does make some wild choices. Um, I do like Tom Hardy to a degree. Um, I even think um, uh, Marion Cotillard is. It's one of those weird instances because you know in the movie. So many instances, uh, uh, this is sort of a callback to Joey, sort of just already knowing that Liam Neeson was Ra's al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul. Um, I remember the moment they cast Marion Cotillard, instantly we were like, oh, she's Talia. She's Talia. She's Talia al Ghul. Yeah, there's no question. And then Miranda Tate, and you're like, that's a lie.
3: Richard, <laughs> do you remember when the set pictures came out of her in the costume? And that just spoiled yeah. it. I was like, okay, that's League of Shadows Talia. get up. That's Ra's al, that's al Ghul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that that there's an Al Ghul.
0: <laughs> and that, uh, what was funny about that was it was actually like a shocking thing for me because I knew who Talia Al Ghul was mostly because of the versus system card game. Mm-hmm. The, when Batman Begins came out, they had a two-player deck where they have like the Gotham Gotham Knights and then the other one was the League of Shadows and like Ta- Talia was one of the cards in that deck and when I see Talia, I'm like, this is in a movie? They decided to go with this?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great. Like it's just it's just it was just so funny to watch it though and just to be like, when are they gonna say she's Talia? <laughs> oh or, or it makes you think of like Star Trek
0: into Darkness.
2: Right. My or, like, name is, is Talia. In, what?
3: <laughs> like, in hindsight, when you look back, it's like why was like what was the point of all that secrecy?
2: Like just as a callback to the to the Liam Neeson and stuff, I imagine.
3: Oh no, I mean like in Star yeah. Trek, you know like Oh, like, yeah, is I don't Khan know. Really, a <laughs> worth like keeping secret because like that?
0: It was whatever. It exists. <laughs> it's there. Uh, it's like I'm like a uh, Bruce Wayne's like really attractive
3: girlfriend is here,
2: <laughs> and then she's Talia Al Ghul,
3: and it's like on the side you already have Catwoman. You know. You know what? We haven't talked about. We haven't Catwoman. even talked about <laughs> Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I you know what I mentioned her
2: and that's all we did.
3: <laughs> that's about the can extent you, of it. Can you imagine the Anne Hathaway Catwoman fanboys just listening to this? Like, mention her. <laughs> Why haven't you talked about her? No, no, R- Richard,
0: it's like the um, uh, like Tropic Thunder. Uh, you're you're on the wrong. <laughs> you guys are on the wrong side of whatever age you are. The Cat <laughs> the, the Anne Hathaway Catwoman fanboys are are uh, are after you, and it's like zooms in. Someone said there are Catwoman <laughs> Anne Hathaway fanboys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> yeah! Fun fact, I went to Pittsburgh to watch them make this in 2011. Because I, I may have seen Marion Cotillard walk out of the building um, a couple of times. But it was like noon, so it was like right, lunch you know, break, you know, so no one was really you know, doing like... anything. But I think, I'm pretty sure I saw anne hathaway like going to her trailer and i was like hey it's anne hathaway so there's that that's fun
3: I Give her. are you okay <laughs> i'm laughing because i'm just picturing just like richard out in pittsburgh and he just runs into like tom hardy i, I like i think tom hardy walked out of a door walked out of a restaurant but <laughs> i can't be sure you know what
2: The most prominent thing I remember from that day outside of seeing, like, movie sets and, like, the, like, big old rigs and a bunch of extras in, like, military and cop uniforms just eating sandwiches on their lunch break was um, there was, like, a bar or whatever we drove past that had, like, a dinosaur as, like, their mascot, and there was a Batman outfit on him, and it said, welcome to Pittsburgh on it, and that's, I just remembered that. And then my, for my dad's sake, we had to drive past Heinz Field, and he wanted me to spit on it. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Joey. I I, I I my dad made me do it.
0: <laughs> Noted. But oh, but I I, I want to talk about Hinesfield quick quickly. But before, but I want to get to Anne Hathaway. Let's get Anne Hathaway
3: out of the way. And then you can Which get you cause, a, then, then you get later. to Hinesfield stuff. Would have been a nice transition, real quick. Before, like this is Anne Hathaway related. Okay, as long as it's Anne Hathaway. Related. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember, I mean, maybe you don't, but before she was Catwoman, she was going to be another cat, female cat, feline themed character in a comic book movie. Did you know this? Was, was it so Black Anne Hathaway, Cat? So yeah, she was going to be Black Cat in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4.
1: Oh.
3: Yep. And then she lost out on that and she became Catwoman and the rest is history. There you go. What an interesting tidbit.
0: A weird hot take. I think she's she's fine in this. But I yeah. feel like that would have been, I think she would have been better. that.
3: <laughs> you know, Anne Hathaway is a really good actress and I, she I think yeah. she's good as Catwoman, but she's nothing amazing. Like she's not amazing. She's not great. She's just, she works.
2: I think it, if it was more prominent, cause like the role, because again, she's having to compete with so many other entities. Like there's so many moving parts in this movie that she sort of just kind of falls by the wayside a little bit and just the characterization like she's a jewel thief. She's got a record. They have to like most of her backstory is exposition. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So I feel like she, just from the just on paper, the character is sort of just underwritten. But I think what Anne Hathaway is given is ex- what 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 she does with what she's given is exceptional, more or less.
3: In comparison to like other characters like Bane or the Joker, I mean Catwoman isn't as like eccentric or over the top so i'm not sure how much more she really could have
2: done but i think there is a lot there that could have been done i think i i do think especially because she is always like the number one like romantic interest for batman out but also in the fact that she isn't just existing for that reason though i i feel like to a degree they sort of put that there like that's her only workable reason for existing outside of just being, I don't know. It's just, it feels like maybe she was just one layer added too much to an already like overplayed movie, but I'm happy that she's there because again, there's another female character we can, we can enjoy as opposed to just a bunch of dudes. And I think they add some interesting elements. Like she's a character, like she wants to, you know, start fresh, you know, clean slate. You know, she has this record and she's trying to get rid of it. Um, She's a master jewel thief. The only thing I think that they really needed to work on more was her, was the whole relationship with Batman, because I think that that one didn't work as well for me, especially given she's the one that ends up with him at the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, that felt pretty thin, and especially in a movie that's this long, and like, because this movie's long.
2: It's it's like almost three hours.
0: Almost three hours, and like the other, like with the Dark Knight, it's like two and a half hours, but like it goes by pretty quick i feel like it, it's I, well I'm always paced engrossed. yeah it's well paced i'm engrossed in every moment this i'm like look at my watch okay i text richard like I'm call richard and watch this movie
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing with suicide squad figures leave me alone <laughs>
0: that's pretty much my experience
3: rejected by- with the uh, Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> it's like I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Look at my phone, <laughs> you know.
2: Because <laughs> um, I feel like obviously we have our feelings on this. It should be noted that there, like, and I know we say it a lot, but there are a lot of things worth liking about this movie. Yes, you know, just from a yeah. just from a technical standpoint. I hate to just immediately jump off of Anne Hathaway, but you know, sadly, I feel like they don't give enough for her anyway. From a technical standpoint, I think this is the best looking Batman movie. I think that musically, this is arguably one of the better ones. And I think, and, and I know we sort of talked about it a little bit, I think this is my favorite performance from Christian Bale. Because I think he's, he's finally gotten comfortable in the role, and because I've invested probably more in him as Bruce Wayne than Batman, even though I still love him as Batman, that even though he is prominently Bruce Wayne in this movie, I think he has more charm now. Even like I love the bits when uh, when he's talking to Catwoman and she's like, "I'm sorry they took all your money," and just goes, "No, you're not," and just walks <laughs> Bruce out.
3: So, so you think this is Bale's best performance as Bruce Wayne and Batman? But then, mm-hmm. like Michael Kane in this movie is really good, and and you know the scene he's when so good. at the end it breaks my heart every time when he's like, i failed filed you.
2: <laughs> it's so heartbreaking. Like, Listen, oh like, no. I,
0: I've said this, I, I've said this from day one, Alfred's feelings matter. And that was always one of the big early criticisms of this movie was that Alfred left Bruce. Like, so, you know, and I'm like, how, how, how much can you take, like seeing like your son figure, like,
3: throw himself into the fire and when okay. you know and, and and considering how much and how long Alfred is stuck by Bruce's side for him to get to the point of of leaving that says a lot and
0: I think Michael Kane Michael Kane sells it so well and again like the the emotional factor I mean he's always been like a heart a beating heart for like the other two movies um but especially so what at the end of the movie you see like Tombstone that says Bruce Wayne, and he's crying, and it's like, oh, God! Like, and, and I think about the story that where he's just like, I imagined you at this cafe, and I say you with a b- girl, or, or whatever, whatever, like the exact wording, whatever he says is, and I'm like, man, like I know I sound like like a like a eighty year old woman watching like a soap, <laughs> soap opera, but like. I like that. I like like the idea that a character wants that for somebody else. You never get like the closest thing you get to something like that in the MCU. I feel like is like oh, like Peggy and Steve get a dance, but that only happens after like twenty zillion like Infinity Stones explode and that's true, like time travel and convoluted nonsense.
3: And, and what you said before though, too, about how Alfred's kind of the like the heart of the movies when he leaves and he's gone for like. A good half of the movie, you really kind of feel like that he's gone because he's such a big presence, you know, and not having him there. You really do feel like something's missing. Now, Gary Oldman in this movie, I got to be honest, I'm a little underwhelmed by his performance here. I mean, he's good. He's Gary Oldman, but yeah. I prefer him in the Dark Knight.
0: I, I I prefer him in the other in the other two movies. Again, it's hard because there is so many new characters. Like you have Matthew Modine, you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you have uh, Ben Mendelsohn going
3: where's Bane? Uh Also, you know how you know earlier we brought up how Rutger Hauer is in Batman Begins because of Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Matthew Modine's in the movie because uh, he was in Full Metal Jacket, which was like the inspiration as Joker. For-
2: yeah. As far as as far as like all the side characters, yeah, there's just so many that are this is so there's so much not. Like they try to set up like a like a relationship between Mod- Modine's character and Gordon that just feels forced a little bit because it's like there was no like he never showed up in the other movies. Like w- I don't understand. Um but I think I I mean I like Gary. I mean, it's hard not to like him cuz he's just like he is Commissioner Gordon in the movies, but at the same time I can definitely see what you're saying though and but yeah there's just there's just so many different characters and then not even like Ben Mendelsohn. You know, who we I both Joey and I have proclaimed our love for Ben Mendelsohn, but he he plays and he plays a uh an animated series character. John he plays Daggett who is prominent like in in that show and yet Like he's in the movie and then he dies. And then um uh Herman from Pacific Rim's in the movie (laughs) and he's just randomly there, and then you forget, and then he shows up again, and then he dies. (laughs) It's like why are
3: you people here? (laughs) My question Who are you people? Here's my
0: question. My question is Did Scarecrow live?
2: And I uh that's uh Possibly.
3: <laughs> Gotta love because how Scarecrow is like the judge at the end, you know, towards the end, you know, like, I love that. So, de- so
2: death by exile. Exile. <laughs> <laughs> so death then looks that way. Death. death. By exile.
0: <laughs> oh, but okay. We have to talk about this. We have to talk about
3: the football scene
0: which is one of the big scenes
3: so I wish I saw this movie in IMAX because I I can only imagine how cool that scene would have looked
2: well you're the only one that thought it was cool 'Cause we read a whole ESPN article today about how shitty it is. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Oh wow. No. ESPN wrote an dude, article.
0: Dude no in this? you have no idea. What? This dude <laughs> This dude apparently went with his buddies in football jerseys expecting football to play a
2: big role in They thought this was a, a Batman football movie. <laughs> they thought this was the replacements. Part two oh my God. with Batman. <laughs> or something like that.
0: They thought this like would remember, remember the Titans.
2: And Batman's the coach. Like, come on, team!
0: They were expecting Ben <laughs> <brothless> burger. <laughs> In a freaking bat cow. Like, that makes sense. And they were, <laughs> they were pointing out, like, oh, the security. Um, the security, like the security, that wouldn't, it wouldn't go down like that. It's like all, <laughs> all these like different things. And some, there were some legitimate questions that I had concerns with, but Richard kept emphasizing very logically, the players are
1: dead. <laughs> all of them <laughs> died. Well, it's not a bigger it's deal. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, like there's a point in the article where this guy goes on and on about like, all right, so the field's destroyed. Do they have to play at a high school? Are they going to just like, they're dead!
3: <laughs> okay. What know, can we mourn I, first? I do feel the need to clarify. When I was saying I thought the sequence was, like, looked cool, I just meant visually. If you bring logistics no, no in it, does. Way, I'm it, like, no, oh my no. god, this would never happen. <laughs> like, I love the shot where you see the football, like, I guess, like, the ro- running back running, and you see the field, like, coming apart.
0: Collapse behind him.
3: My, my the pride. kick returner.
0: Oh, that's another. That's another bone of contention too. So that's Heinz Ward, who is oh, like right. my okay. favorite, my favorite player ever. But uh, the article points out he doesn't do a lot of like kick return. He never did a lot of <laughs> kick returns because he's not very fast. So he's like the worst person to do a kick return. <laughs> like, 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 see, and, and then it's like <laughs> it's not the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Steelers guy. Even though, and, then, but, and, and it gets even gifford. It gets even deeper because like. Okay, at the time, uh, uh, the coach would have been Mike Tomlin, who is still the the Steelers coach. um, Super Bowl champion from a long time ago. But they had the previous coach, Bill Cowher, as the coach for the Gotham City
3: team. (laughs) That doesn't exactly... See, see, here's the thing, Joey. (laughs) If you had talked to me about this stuff, like... A few years ago I would have been like Whatever about it because I wasn't into football But now like that I'm a big Batman fan and NFL fan Now I'm just like why wasn't it like Christian McCaffrey running that ball (laughs) Dude Christian McCaffrey was probably a baby That's true (laughs) Dude, Christian McCaffrey would have been like so elusive He would have just like somehow miraculously Got out of the field and saved the day (laughs) They do mention
2: An alternate option which and the only and I only know anything about this guy because of like internet nonsense, but they mentioned why wasn't it Antonio Brown? And if I if I remember correctly, at least at the time, you know, obviously uh, Joey told me this as well. They didn't know that Antonio Brown is not a good person.
3: He's a very controversial figure.
2: So I'm thinking maybe they dodged a bullet. I know that article's from 2012, but hey, hindsight is 2020, my friend. <laughs>
0: the security if ba- like, like and then they were like, "Oh, like the like the mayor blew up and Richard was like <laughs> thinking all these logical things. I'm like, "Richard, you don't understand what you're talking about These are football fans imagine 40,000 Ken Pernells shouting about where's the draft compensation
3: are we gonna get a redo are we make even making the playoffs this season okay all right all right here so here's here's my question. Now with the existence of HBO Max, where they have a lot more flexibility, can they make a spin-off <laughs> <laughs> about these football the players that got Rogues. screwed over? <laughs> are we... Are, no, here's
2: the question. Okay, here's my question. I bring this to you guys because you guys are football guys. Who handled football in a Batman movie better, Nolan or Snyder?
3: Probably Snyder, I guess, because he just showed a football game on like the TV, right? <laughs> so like he didn't do anything in But also...
2: But but also, he has a whole football scene in slow motion in his Justice League movie. In his Justice League movie. Hey,
3: at least as a football fan, I could appreciate the visuals there. And it makes sense for Cyborg's characters.
2: So who did better is my question.
3: You you
0: know, I don't care about college ball. And (laughs) so I'm going to default to to Nolan on this one. (laughs) Like, like I know people say you should care because those are future NFL players, but it's just not the same for me. Honestly, I know that it sounds bad because those kids work hard and all that. St- it's weird. It was weird calling them.
2: If it makes you feel better, I don't care either way. I no, I'm happy no. with whatever your opinion. But, but is. also, <laughs> but also for
0: me personally, just like knowing that Heinz Ward lived was so happy. <laughs> and uh, and happy. of course, and of course, <laughs>
2: the, the the fan, fan theory, theory is. is because, again, there's so many people thinking that Robin was going to be a prominent thing in this movie, because even one of the R's that a fan made looked like the Robin R. So, But, like, they're like, of course Heinz Ward has to live, because his last name is the same as Bert Ward, who played Robin in the same... Like, you're stretching.
1: <laughs>
0: no, but... And then also, too, I... Because ha- like, there's, like, football action figures of, like, like professional players. I have Heinz... Heinz Ward you know the you know famous steelers you know uh super bowl mvp
2: the the rogues uh kickback dude
0: <laughs> in the gotham rogues uniform is a dark knight rises figure but it's him like looking like one of those like figure like like professional football figures you know and i still have it in my in my room
2: i've seen that too cuz i remember i think you had it when i came to your house and i thought it was really cool i was like hey i know that um, yeah, I've had I've had that for a
3: while. Can I just say I love all the twists and turns in terms of topics and conversations we've had in this episode? This is the most showy <laughs> Richard and Gifford episode, and I couldn't be happier.
2: <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. Um, but, but like I, I was gonna say I remember the jersey that they like they sold the Rogues jersey, and I think it said like Ward on the back. I was like, if there was ever a jersey I would buy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, that, no, but Ken would be so mad at you. <laughs> he would be like, "Those colors are not allowed in this house." I
0: dis, I, <laughs> I disown you, and I'd be like, "Richard, come to my guest room."
3: That that's great. No, with <laughs> a Zapata, and Dumbo. Look, I'm, I'm very. I'll get you more. I'll get you more, buddy. I'm very thank happy you, you. you guys got your Heinz Ward uh, merch from this movie. But is there a Patrick Leahy toy? <laughs>
2: Is, is is he one of the guys that was on the field? Patrick Leahy is did the, he die? is the
3: the old mayor that appears in all three of these movies. Oh,
2: he's in every oh. Batman movie. <laughs> the senator, dude. Oh my god, why did that name? Oh my god,
3: <laughs> Richard. Yeah, I was like, ex- that's.
2: <sighs> Can we appreciate?
0: We focused more on Heinz Ward. <laughs> a football player who appears all of 30 seconds of The Dark Knight Rises over major characters who live and die in this movie.
3: (laughs) This is why this is an amazing episode. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is this is close to like this is the this there's I I know a lot's gonna be chopped out of this but this is probably gonna be as long as the Batman movies if not longer <laughs> and I'm fine with that could
0: this potentially, so
3: <laughs> could this potentially be the longest episode thus far Oh no. Oh, oh, no no star, if, star wars it, 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 oh yeah that was a long Giff- one. gifford
2: star wars was like near four it was basically four hours.
3: i flight. forgot that and yeah i yeah. remember because i had to get through all of it i was like damn this is three hours <laughs> <laughs>
0: and i and i
2: said that day
3: never
1: again <laughs>
2: So I'm surprised at no point Joey's been like, okay, come on. <laughs> you, know, you, you, I'm you know what? Gonna... But also
0: too, like the other thing is like having a guest. It's like it's really nice. Again, with during the pandemic, having mm-hmm. people to talk to, and it's so great to have. Gifford or not, I, I and really we gotta we gotta relish this moment. <laughs> yes,
2: As I said the only other time we've had you was your uh uh Officer Drew.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yep. That's Which the is only one time. of my favorite.
0: One of my favorite characters. the delivery is perfect. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I loved it
1: because John just
3: hit me up with like all the stuff for me to just say back to him, and then John would like direct me to say lines differently. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool, but can you do it like this? I'm like, all right,
1: <laughs> right.
3: How do we? How do we jump off of the Heinz Ward part? <laughs>
0: Well, can we talk about the flying like UFO Batman has?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the the thing with the long, designated Wayne Enterprises name, but I just took to calling it the Bat. And yes, it does come in black.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love it how like he just expects no one to notice that.
2: Or I I love how it even just started up like brute like he's like normally you end these conversations with an unusual request, and he's like I- I'm retired. And he goes. Let me show you some stuff anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I feel like in any other instance would have just been terrible because it's like lazy Ryan, right? like, well let's do it anyway. But Morgan Freeman just does it so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
0: Morgan Freeman. He's God. I know we, he he is he is God. But also proof that, that, <laughs> that, that gods can't do everything because if he if he was able to, that we would have ended this movie like three hours sooner. <laughs>
3: I love the performance of. I love how Christopher Nolan has his uncle in this and Batman Begins as one of the board members. (laughs) Did you know that? Which one? He's like, man, they're so generic. It's hard to describe them, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) that's pretty cool. That's uh, that is pretty neat, though. Yeah, yeah. I just it's, think it's hilarious. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. I just think it's cool, but like it's also funny because like of course Nolan tries to give his uncle screen time, so his uncle just appears just like annoyed by Bane overtaking Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> you, just you, like, you know what? Oh. If
0: I directed a Batman movie and I had my uncle in it, I think I'd tell I would kept my, cast my uncle as guy annoyed by Bane.
3: <laughs> and we gotta
0: have would Ken there be out. would there have to be any
2: acting in that? <laughs> well, he the thing is he he
0: is. He is an actor. Like uh, he went to school for that and he's he's acted like so. Well,
2: no, I mean like is he already annoyed by Bane? Would he have to actually give a performance or would Oh just no, be, no. Like, that
0: I think I he he loves all three <laughs> of these movies. So I think he would have to be like okay. have to really like On the
3: subject of your okay. uncle, okay. I okay. love it when him and Feehan would talk <laughs> at the movie theaters. <laughs> because <laughs>
2: shout shout out to joey's uncle he's cool i like joey's uncle
3: this episode is already my favorite episode just because of all the different references <laughs> to joey's and uncle. and you're in it which is that's a
2: that's a big one
3: listen that is a big two dudes du- uh one double feature uh mythology <laughs> like it's we're just building out the mythology right now like boss baby <laughs> but
0: you know and and like again i think the big thing with this movie is it's a big spectacle but visually it does not it does not call attention to itself like that that freaking the freaking ufo looks like it belongs there like that effect is almost 10 years old and i'm like wow that looks still looks really good
2: it's it's insane like i think that's a big thing you can say about all the movies is that the just the effects alone i mean we talked we obviously touched on it a little bit but going back to the dark knight for a second just two-face like yeah Looks fantastic, and I remember seeing that for the first time in theaters. Going, how did they do that? How does that work? Like, like what? I because I'm not thinking immediately. Oh, it's it's a digital effect. I'm thinking that like I think Aaron Eckhart burned his own face off. <laughs> like, it's so shocking.
3: Nolan made um, stuff and it then with this so effortless. I feel like
2: he did, and I think because and again, I think it all goes to what we talked about before: lighting. Um, locate like all of this stuff matters like cuz you want it to fit and you don't want it to stand out like we talked about Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean and how great that effect still looks to this day and again a lot of it is lighting and it fits with everything and it doesn't stand out in any way the other thing with these movies is like some some
0: movie series like it feels so quick between installments and it it just it, it's just nice that there is like some breathing room between between these between these movies as far as, like, when they were released.
2: I mean, I think Nolan had the smart idea of, like, making one of these movies... Because a lot of directors, I think, suck themselves into these movies. Like, they'll do the first one, the second one, third one. And you don't want that, because after a while, you just get kind of sick. Because at least... Like, we might have our issues, obviously, as we mentioned with The Dark Knight Rises, but at least there's still, like, an interest there for Nolan. Like, he- he's still making it, and he's still trying to make it the best he can. And whereas, like all these other directors, like, like the Russo brothers, all they did was make Marvel movies. Then they make their one movie by themselves. And uh, for me personally, don't ever watch Cherry. (laughs) I I feel like they just lost their love of filmmaking (laughs) after they were done with the Marvel movies. Um, but that's me personally. Uh, but I think Nolan was smart in that he decided to make movies in between. So like he did Prestige, he did Inception And he was able to sort of stretch his wings out a little bit and try different things and try new things and become a better filmmaker. And even because like obviously his big thing is that he heavily incorporated IMAX, which I think has become a huge impact because so many movies, especially big blockbusters, have started incorporating more shots of IMAX, you know, like, like Zack Snyder would boast about using IMAX cameras for all of his movies when he was doing his DC movies or any any of these other directors like you know the idea of using IMAX cameras and a lot of that started with Nolan when he did the first dark knight movie and then you know moving into dark knight rises it's there's even more IMAX shots the whole opening sequence is IMAX yeah and the only and like the only the only thing that makes it stand out in a way is that the aspect ratio changes when you're watching the movie on like home video which the most jarring one is like when Batman walks into that arena essentially to fight Bane and the aspect ratio changes. But thankfully the lighting is so dark that it, it's not noticeable, but you, it's still there. Um, but the, the point is like, he, he was able to, explore different ideas and techniques and stories that he wanted to tell in between each of these Batman movies. So he had that interest still there, even if, you know, again, this movie might not be better than that movie or whatever. But point is, he still did them and he still had the interest and found something to 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 hold on to while he was telling the stories. Agreed.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Boom. I'm out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you couldn't see it, but Richard just, like, dropped the mic, and just walked away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and yet, the micro- the mic... Hold on, my, my microphone's on an arm. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I gotta say, though, also, like... Um, uh, I have a 4K collection, and for my birthday one year, Mike got me the Dark Knight movies on 4K. And they are some of the best movies to own on 4K. Like, if you have a 4K player... And like you have, like it's worth the upgrade. Automatically, absolutely, like get it. It's so good.
3: It's amazing how those movies, you know, how dark, how Batman Begins, Dark Knight, how all three were released from like 2005 to 2012, and it's like N- Nolan had the foresight to like make them so perfectly suited for like Blu-ray, 4K. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, but you know, on top of that too, I think the biggest most risky thing that he, that nolan could have done is end his movies. Like he made an ending, like I, like I talk about the happy ending with Batman, but like the fact that he gave Batman an ending. Yeah. And then and then just left. Like nobody these days, especially with these big superhero franchises, knows how to do that. Like the like I remember when Avengers came out and I thought that was the end. Obviously it's not. And then Endgame comes out. Is that the end? No, it's not. There's so many more Marvel movies we're going to be making. And effectively, that formula with the MCU could continue on well past our lifetime if they wanted to, if it's successful enough, I'm sure. Um, But, and then so many other franchises are like continuing or or even like being brought back. You know, we talk about Spider Man No Way From Home. Alfred Molina's coming back. Uh, Green Goblin's coming back. Possibly Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. And while all that is cool, it could be great at the same time sometimes it's okay for things to end like some like cuz i think of like breaking bad i i breaking bad to me probably has one of the best and most logical endings in that it didn't go past season 5 it built up everything it wanted to build up yeah we got better call saul yeah we got the el camino movie but that's an epilogue or saul's its own thing but Breaking Bad effectively ended when it needed to end. It didn't try to extend itself further and at least as of now, this recording, we're not getting another season of Breaking Bad anytime soon. They effectively said this is the end.
3: Something else, you know, that's that's interesting to think about, like, you know, with how Nolan ended his trilogy, is that, you know, Christopher Nolan, you know, isn't a Batman fan per se. I mean, he didn't grow up reading the comics. So he has a unique He he watched like the
2: show and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So he has a unique But like he wasn't really yeah.
3: Yeah, him and his brother have a very different perspective in some ways on Batman as a character. And you know, they would talk about Mm. a lot how like well in their in their minds, you know, Batman could be anyone. And that was partially like why they ended it the way they did, because they wanted to show like Bruce Wayne can settle down and, you know, John Blake can take up the mantle. And keep the you know the symbol alive, the fire burning. <laughs> the fire rises. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's a but
2: yeah, like that. Like I think that theme plays out through all three movies, really. And I think for a for a series of movies that, especially from Nolan's viewpoint, he had no intention of making anything after his first movie. The fact that these movies played out the way that they did without there ever being a plan for a sequel, I think is kind of impressive, honestly, because I think flaws or not, like I think everything does tie together and the themes tie together very well. The, the ideas of Batman being the symbol against oppression and the symbol against, you know, corruption in Gotham City. And, you know, it didn't matter who was in the cow. It just mattered what the symbol meant. I mean, even just the little kid drawing the chalk marks uh, on the, the bench when he's talking to John Blake, or John Blake even just drawing the, the, the symbol, the little chalk mark symbol um, throughout Gotham City just to keep that symbol alive. Um, because at that, especially at that point within this narrative, Batman had become that much of a symbol of hope. Which, regardless of how people view this movie as dark and grim, they're still hopeful superhero movies.
3: It's like at the end uh, of the movie when they yeah. unveil the the Batman statue. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Batman Begins in Dark Knight, would you necessarily have thought, oh, Batman would end up being like a hero to these people? Maybe I don't know if I no. would have assumed that, but it's kind of yeah. nice to see it end on kind of an uplifting note like that.
0: Like with both with both of these movies, especially like the Dark Knight. Na- well, the Dark Knight, like. You have like the post nine eleven, you know. You have wiretapping, very much like Bush administration kind of stuff. Like
2: I was say, I was gonna say just just a quick note. It should be noted these movies are actually kind of pretty political, in a lot of respects too.
0: And um, I mean, like the uh the the last one was like very much like Occupy Wall
2: Street, very much so. Yeah, the themes very much reflected that. You obviously, I feel like Bane is sort of like an evil Bernie Sanders. <laughs> We gotta tear down the decadent 1%.
3: (laughs) Joey, can you do a Bernie Sanders impression, but but doing Bane dialogue? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Bernie
2: Bane. Gifford,
0: what you need to understand with the people of Gotham City, I am their reckoning. I am the League of Shadows, okay? I am necessary, evil. I am Ra's al Ghul's destiny. Trump.
3: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when when Bane is on the tank delivering that speech and they have the Hans Zimmer Square going and it just shows everything just like in chaos, I get chills during that mm-hmm. scene.
2: That's a good scene. I love that scene.
3: Like, again, that's yeah. just another example of how, like, it sounds like we're kind of like crapping on this movie at points, but like, there's a lot of moments that are like I genuinely like a lot. Like,
0: oh. There oh, is yeah. there there is one um, thing I wanted to mention about like the Dark Knight specifically because he the only other movie he was in in our two dudes series so far is a little Nikki.
2: Oh yeah, Tiny Lister. May he rest in peace. Oh yeah,
0: Tiny Lister. He's very good in his uh, little in, in, in his brief in his brief role in the Dark Knight. Very powerful. Um, you know, with the boat the boat scene where the Joker's trying to. This is better
2: than the two boats. Sorry, I just think of Zach Galifianakis (laughs) every time I think of the two boats. This is better than the two boats. Or that time with with the parade and the prince music. Hey, quiet!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that part where he, like, when, you know, uh, Tiny Lister, like, walks up and, like, throws the bomb out the window. That's the point where audiences are like,
1: yes! (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this movie, these movies,
0: like, yeah, people are like, yeah, these are serious movies, and there's, just, I don't want to say grit, but, like, these feel like adult movies, but, like, there's a lot of, like, crowd-pleasing moments. Like, I think about when, like, in Dark Knight Rises, when, like, the bridge burn burns, and you see, like, the Batman. And the and,
2: symbol. And
0: the symbol, and pe- I remember people Light clapping, it up!
3: Clapping hard. I think part of what makes Nolan's Batman trilogy so good is, like, it feels very adult and mature, but... He's able to like contrast that stuff with like some genuine like humor and levity, and sometimes it's like kind of cheesy. But I mean, that's kind of why we like the Raimi trilogy, right? Like the Raimi Sam Raimi movies, right? Spider Man. It's like I mean, I, you like the the silliness too because it is a comic book
1: movie.
2: One of the one of the good things about it is that he very much made the movies you know his own, but also he made the movies um, with the intention of sort of mimicking like those old blockbusters, which you know they have they have us they have stakes they have um genuine like you know thrilling moments but they also have moments of levity you know like if you just go back to jaws you know jaws like as a concept is terrifying cuz you know and we've talked we talked we had an old episode about that but there's a lot of moments in it that are very funny and you know i think of like many many a moment with uh quint or richard Dreyfuss's character you know just that just make you laugh or even just the small bit when when um when he's pouring the the, his own glass of alcohol and he's just it's a little bit taller than everybody else's
0: (laughs) see and the other thing I, i would say about about that in jaws is that jaws effectively as a premise is a b movie yeah and like you know batman comes from batman is a comic book character.
2: It's a it's a comic book character, a silly cartoon comic book character ultimately.
0: But like with with um with Jaws, Spielberg elevates it to like Hitchcockian levels of like suspense and makes it like a better version of the birds. And, like, with the Dark Knight, Dark Knight movie, particularly the Dark Knight, it's, like, a, it's a crime drama, as everybody, you know, says. I feel like I've said the word crime drama too many times, but...
2: Honestly, though, I feel like you just said it once.
0: Yeah, I... I...
2: By <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> At least in this one episode, but, like, beforehand, yeah, a lot. Uh, I mean, because... Like, I think that, that's, that's everybody, that's, yeah.
3: That's kind of what I love about point. Joey, is he'll be like, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry exactly. if I said this thing, when he, in reality, he only maybe said it, like, once, two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and
0: literally, it would have probably been like two hours. It's
3: ago It's not like anyone would have taken offense either. Like, why did he call it a crime like, drama? Joey, stop it! <laughs> Where's your sense?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I love you, bro. Joey. I know.
3: <laughs> you know what? I feel yeah. like that could sum up the entire two dudes like saga. I love you, Joey. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. (laughs)
1: that's what bothers me.
2: It, but again, it flip flops too.
0: (laughs) It does. It does. It does. Uh, So Um, this episode, we went through a lot, but I think we can say is these are movies that are they're 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 they range from good to great movies that are you know that really have affected the public's uh, perception of comic book characters. Of Batman specifically, it's started. It's some of it might be responsible for trends that are not the best. You know, they learned the wrong lesson, i.e., they learned the wrong lessons from this. But which happens with so many
2: popular movies too. So it
0: happens with so many popular movies. But at the end of the day, yeah, you watch these three movies, and they're all riveting pieces of entertainment. That even though they do work as a trilogy. They each and they, they're all part of a trilogy, but made by the same filmmaker with a lot of the same teams involved. It, they each feel, you know, fairly unique in their own way, which is kind of kind of awesome.
2: Honestly, yeah, and I think one of the biggest things, at least that I've always taken away, is like same to our first trilogy we talked about this season um, with *Planet of the Apes* is that Nolan stripped so much away. Uh, as far as like some of the more zany elements, and 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 to a degree that could have been a hindrance, as far as like in hindsight, really, uh, which I think is a word I've said a lot, honestly. Um, but uh, I think it, it was all necessary to essentially show people why this character is as big and important as he is for so many people, and why this character has worked for us. Because like sometimes you can get so sucked into like a certain viewpoint of Batman that you sort of forget why he's as popular as beloved as he is and so sometimes you need that reminder and so I think that's kind of what happened cuz like obviously we watched Batman and Robin when we when we did that episode and George Clooney is the worst character in the whole movie like he is a spoiled spoiled brat rich guy in a lot of in a lot of respects and so you really need something like Batman Begins is that reminder, this is who Bruce Wayne is as a character, and this is why people like him. And sometimes you just need to strip out all the way and then put the focus on him and make him the prominent figure, ultimately, as far as like the more outlandish things in in these movies. And uh, I think it worked effectively, and I think maybe maybe Nolan got a bit too ambitious as he went on with these movies, but at the same time, that doesn't mean he dropped in quality to some degree, like maybe something like, obviously, we're all human. But at the end of the day, like, there was still that, that, that great technological, um, you know, camera work as it got better with the IMAX stuff. Uh, obviously, you know, the way he worked with some characters, like it, it he got more ambitious, and maybe it could have been it, it maybe it was slightly an Icarus moment, but not enough that it made me like, displeased at the end of the day because i actually do like all three of these movies for different reasons
3: if you just instead of you know if you just looked at all three films as just one story i mean that's like such an epic powerful batman story Mm -hmm. if you combine each film and just look at it as one continuous thing but i think part of what's brilliant about you know the dark Knight trilogy is like thematically all three go together so well but then, like, especially Batman Begins and Dark Knight, they're so, like, self-contained. In so many ways, you could enjoy them without the other. Dark Knight Rises, I think, is yeah. more dependent on the previous two. But I still think that you could watch I, Dark Knight was... Rises and get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. You know? So. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, and that's uh, that's the third third movie in a series. I mean, that's just going to happen, you know, but... <sighs> Man, this listen. This is gonna be a pain in the ass to edit, but you know what? <laughs> I had a damn good time recording it, and I'll have a damn good time re-listening to all of our, uh, all of our, our, our brilliant insights, our, our goofy moments, and our ridiculous tangents. I want to say thank you, Gif, for popping on the show. Um, it, you're I'm finally so, here. I'm, you know, I'm glad you're glad you're on here, but more importantly, I'm glad that uh, we're talking to you, buddy.
3: Yeah, th- thanks for having it's, me on it, here. And you know, I've listened to the show and I've heard the references to me, and I'm just thinking like, okay,
2: we name drop you. Like I said, we name drop you more than anybody else. Brian obviously. from oh. Idaho
3: would be so confused, like who is this Gifford figure? And now I just appeared like I don't know Voldemort crashing into the fourth Harry Potter, <laughs> or, or I don't know Palpatine and Rise of Skywalker. <laughs>
2: No, no, listen, you're, you're much better showing up than Palpatine. No,
3: that's a big compliment. I, I appreciate it.
2: I want Gifford. It, this has been a long time coming, obviously. And, um, we're so excited that you finally showed up. And so the legend ha- is here. <laughs> we've, we've mentioned you so much. You were in technically, this is your second appearance, but it's your full appearance as you. And we could talk to you. Um, and I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. And I'm sure Joey can say the same. And so it's nice to have you here and have you for this episode. So, yeah, thank you so much. This
3: episode ended on a very feelsy uh, note.
2: <laughs> Listen, these last two episodes will have moments that might make you cry. I might cry. <laughs> I'll just say the previous episode might make you cry because I say something, admittedly. But ooh, this
3: episode. Ooh, what do you say? Ooh, we'll okay, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: folks, uh, we all have letterboxes.
3: Um, Gifford, do you still do stuff
0: on your um, movie letterbox? Or Insta? No, I
3: haven't been lately. So I've just been trying to enjoy right. movies for what they are, basically. Follow him anyway,
2: <laughs> just for the hell of it.
3: My letterbox is yeah. simply Gifford. <laughs> it, like,
2: just Gifford.
3: Just Gifford. Just Gifford.
0: You know, so we have letterboxes. The YouTube's up. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. What's your favorite Dark Knight movie? What's your favorite? Who's your favorite character in these movies, and why is it a uh, sweet boy, Alfred? Um, anywho, uh, that about wraps things up for this week's episode. Check us out next week.
2: Gifford, say have a good night, everyone.
0: Have
3: a good night, everyone.
1: Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out to Andrew Gifford. After all this time, we finally got you on the show. Thank you so much, my friend. You were great. Happy to have you again. And to John and Kenny Armstrong for the amazing work they've done every single episode. Thank you guys again so much. And, of course, a hint to next week's double feature. We are talking about two Edgar Rice Burroughs adaptations from
1: Disney. Stay tuned.